Agent Lynch, you fucking quiz. Anyway, I'm just calling because you wanted me to give an idea for Lance's new fucking tattoo. Well, I think he should get a big old painting of, uh, that's not really a painting, but fucking a tattoo of Garfield right on the fucking thing. Yeah. All right. Have a nice day. Quiz. Bitch, suck my ass. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, Steve Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? Nothing. It's the midweek, mid-week you excited? podcast. You excited about the weekend? Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, mainly because I'm coming up there, right? Yeah, it's Jared's birthday. Yeah. So what are you more excited about? Me coming up or just Jared's birthday or both? Don't make me choose. Or <laughs> the photo shoot that we have planned? Is that? <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> more details on that later, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this week is a bit of a irregular show, I would say. Um, since I'm coming irregular up, or a regular, no, irregular show. It's oh, a bit irregular. of an irregular show. Um, the reason being is because I'm coming up to the Bay Area. Didn't really have time to plan. You know, <laughs> so we're, so you're episode. just announcing that we're half-assing it. Great. Well, sort of. You know, I mean, every now and then I like to do, you know, just a surprise show, a, a show with some surprise guests. Maybe do something a little bit out of the ordinary. Like, why? Why do we have to always follow routine, Wackerly? It's tried and tested. It is. I guess it is. But I mean, I, I, you know, every plus now and the then. Guests usually, plus the guests usually suck. That's another reason. <laughs> they love the guests. <laughs> I invented a board game. Oh, you, the, the guests that we have on this, <laughs> this episode are uh, great guests. And they'll be well received by the listening audience. Believe me. There's some girl in my town who wants to, I guess it's her life's work. She's younger than us, which it's this sounds like something like a forty year old housewife would do, but she's like maybe in her twenties. And her life's work is to uh make a life size monopoly board in my town. A life size monopoly where? Isn't that like just instantly just depressing? Even the even the concept that it's it might tragic. exist in the future. Yeah. Maybe maybe you could get her as a guest. She seems like right up your alley. <laughs> I already did the board games. Serial killer board game was the last This is a life size board game. Yeah, and I'm it's a done life size board, board games. Game. Now, now this week we have a much Does better. Does anybody actually, even like Monopoly? It fucking sucks. No, if it was like a life size trouble board. What if it was, was a, if it was a life size trouble board with a giant like functioning dome that had huge dice that like rumbled around now that would be pretty cool what if it was a life-size hungry hippos it's just a bunch of that fat chicks be cool. running like trying to pick up donuts i mean what are you gonna pay them to be there 24 hours a day yeah it's a job you're creating jobs like obama you'd have to have shifts then you'd have to have like 12 fat women how long do you think the fatties could actually pick up donuts without being too tired i don't know they don't always have to be in motion 
Yeah, that's true. They can just walk around. I mean, nobody's going to... Th- that's the whole point of this life-side this Monopoly board. Like, nobody's ever going to fucking go there. It's retarded. If that, if that was your girlfriend or your wife, <laughs> would you just be... I mean, would you divorce her and break up? I mean, I would... I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you working would scoff. On your... <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Puff. Let's go out to dinner. Oh, what? You're, you're working on your project? <laughs> I wouldn't even... As soon as she suggested it to me, be I'd be like, puffing. we're getting a divorce. And I'm getting hookers. Anyway, we're, we're going off topic. We got to get back on topic here. I mean, that's to assume that she hasn't already done that to you because you're always working on your podcast. Well, that's true. But podcast versus board game mm. is uh, apples and oranges, Wackerly. Apples and oranges. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic here. It's an irregular show, people, because I'm coming up to the Bay Area. Didn't have time to plan for a normal show. So instead, we have a couple special guests. We have some shit stories coming up. In fact, this whole theme of this episode will be fecal matter for the most part. It's a very uh, shit-themed show. Nice. Um, and on that note, uh, first special guest uh, who I, we haven't spoken to, I think, since the holidays. I think the last time we had him on the show was the holidays. I might be wrong about that. Which was like six or seven months ago. It was a while ago. Um, John Steele. John Steele from the uh, From the Ville podcast, a good friend of mine from uh, my hometown, Bay City, Michigan. Uh, he's going to be on the show, and uh, we, we have to give him a call. I'm already late, and he gets all pissed off when you're late. You ever know, you notice that? Every time we, we have him on the show, he's like, you're supposed to call half an hour ago, and he gets all mad about well, yeah, it. Yeah, because it's like midnight there. Yeah, maybe that's why. Um, <laughs> you know what he did say, though, when I texted him saying we're going to call him? He's like, well, I'm going to be jerking off when you call, just so you know great that's <laughs> what people want to hear how many times how many times a week do you think he jerks off uh seven, should i be saying how many times a day or 11 you think 11 times a week yeah or or so that would be more than what would that be like <laughs> i'm thinking once every day and then some days twice so 11 seems times re- a week seems reasonable. Um, how many do you think more or less I'm thinking, I'm thinking about What's the over under, I would say once a day. So I'm thinking about seven or eight. I'm going to say, I'm going to go for seven. <laughs> Who doesn't jack off once a day? Well, if you have a girlfriend you pro- or a living uh, wife or something, you probably don't jack off, but then you're having sex. <laughs> this is my, count. this is my live in wife. Have I introduced <laughs> you to my live in wife? <laughs> it could be your side chick. Sometimes they have a side chick. You ever see that? I'm very what you, youthful when it comes to jacking off. What do you think uh, Steele's porn du jour is right now? That's, I mean, that's just, that's too hard. There's no point in predicting that. Yeah, but remember he was all about urine last time? Like he was really uh, into urine. Uh, cuckold porn? I don't know. All right, we'll see. Um, we we got to give him a call because I know he's just, he's he's getting all bent out of shape right he's now. He's huffing and puffing. No, he is definitely reasons. huffing and he's puffing. He's huffing and puffing because so. he's jacking off. He's also huffing though because he's just like, where, where are all those guys? <laughs> Supposed to be calling me. <laughs> I hope we don't catch him in mid jack, but uh, let, let's let's I give do. him a call here. Hello, Steel. Hey, hey, Go what's on. up? What's up? It's Dean Lance here, calling from Sacred Rock. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. You, you sound Good. out of breath. What, what's what's going on over there in, at the uh, the dorm room? <laughs> Well, I was masturbating. 
I knew it. You guys were going to call me 20 minutes ago and I get a little antsy when the phone doesn't ring when I'm expecting it to ring. So I start, before you know it, I wind up fondling myself and rubbing one out. So I'm a little bit out of breath. Were you waiting to like, you heard Lance's voice to reach climax? Well, he makes me pre-cum usually. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But I could envision him. I still have pictures of Lance hung up on my walls and my ceilings. So, oh, so still, we're, we're, we're wondering right here. We're just talking about uh, how many times a week do you uh, jack off? On, just in general. In general? Like nowadays or like during, during the, like over the average of my life, my master, masturbatory life cycle? Or the, over the average of the last year. Average, yeah, this past year, 2014. How many times a week do you jack off? I'd say roughly... Uh, I'd say roughly nine times, but it's usually between Sunday and like Wednesday. I was right. I usually take a break from jerking off like Thursday through through Saturday to try to replenish my loads. <laughs> Actually, D, you were you were closer. I was closer because I called eight. I was thinking I, once I a day. Overbid, I overbid, and the rules of price is right. I automatically DQ'd. Yeah, Bob Barker with the long microphone would be very upset with a person who overbid. He'd give it to the guy who was under. So who won the bet? I, I did. I, I won the showcase showdown. What do I get oh, here? Okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but you know, if you're talking about my youthful years. I mean, let's face it, eight or nine jerk-offs a week, is, it's not that impressive. But when you look at how long I've been in the business, you know, I mean, at my stage of my career, you know, I'm winding down. I'm in the twilight of my career, so I'm, I'm kind of slowing down a bit. But you triple or quadruple that, you know, 20 years ago. You know, I remember 20 years ago uh, when we used to hang out back in high school. Like we were kids. Steele was the only guy that would just talk about. He broke the the masturbation discussion barrier. Like Steele would talk about, like, so I was jerking off, or how many times you jerk off, and everybody, a lot of guys. Remember how back in high school, a lot of people would be like, "I don't do that," right? And then Steele would call him out and be like, "No, I I know you do that." <laughs> and we used yeah, to talk well, about it, like techniques. It was you broke a barrier. Well, it was, uh, well, I don't really like to take the, 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 the credit for that because I broke the barrier among some people, but some other people broke the barrier for me before that. Like, first of all, I think Andrew Dice Clay, uh, I think really is the one that kind of broke the barrier for me to talk about it because I used to like deny it through most of my high school years and junior high and shit. People say, Oh, you probably jerk off. It's like, you get upset and like offended. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I do not. You know what I mean? You get in arguments like, I don't jerk off. When in fact you're jerking, I'm jerking off every fucking night, two or three times a night, fucking a pillow, sometimes fucking a stuffed animal, sometimes sticking my dick in, in a cord out apple. I mean, I was doing all sorts of just unspeakable acts to inanimate objects. But well, it's all some, of are, some of those things when you're younger are kind of a gray area. Like, is this what jacking off is? I don't know. Maybe it is. And then you're like, oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, but you, you, back when I was that age, like, like I said, Andrew Dice Clay broke it. Then when I went to Ferris State a University, there was a, a guy from the UP, a Uper is what we call him here in Michigan, that, like, because all the Upers were, like, ahead of the game. They they started talking about how, how much they jerk off, and it kind of, you know, I'm like, you know, they're admitting it, and I've been doing it since I was 12, like, you know, I'm like, fuck it, I've been doing it, just jerking off the Lita Ford videos on MTV in 1983, you know I mean? So it's time to admit it and come out of the fucking jerk-off closet. And then when I was up there, the, the thing that really got me to admit it, because at this point, 
I mean, I was admitting it, but I mean, people still maybe thought I was over exaggerating. But then when I got caught fucking my sweet mate's beanbag chair, uh, bare ass with my fucking uh, pants at my ankles, that pretty much solidified, you know, my place in the jerk off Hall of Fame from that point on. So then it was just no holes barred. Steele, it's it's interesting you say that Andrew Dice Clay kind of brought you out of the uh, the shell there and, and let you uh, brought you out of the jerk off closet. I kind of figured it would be Gordon Peebagalki. <laughs> no, I'm still upset about Gordon People Golkey. Let me tell you what, I had a very supple and taut ass, and he never once tried to make a move on me. My backside would have been a fantastic playground for a pedophile's penis, and he missed the boat. And and that's it. You know, that's on him, not on me. You never got like the uh, the shoulder rubs because I remember when I when I was like in probably eighth grade or ninth grade because he taught a computer uh-huh. class. He would come over and be like, "Magic fingers, get a little shoulder rub." Wait a minute, wait a minute. Before he put the hands on your shoulders, he he would he would physically say mag, he would call it magic fingers. He would come around and be like magic fingers and you're just like, "All right. Okay." No, oh, that's Mark. not right. <laughs> that, that he, it, it wasn't that jealous. it didn't feel I mean, that bad though. It it's not like it what felt that? bad. It it didn't feel that bad. I mean, it was weird. You know, oh, you and everyone enjoyed it. No. I mean, let's fra- I mean, let's be frank here. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, like Lance said, it may be uncomfortable, a little awkward, a little strange, but it wouldn't feel, I mean, even if he was to suck your dick, I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't feel bad. He's just probably not the one you'd prefer having sucked your dick. But, it, I mean, let's face it, have you ever had your dick sucked where it really felt bad? No. Plus, if he's done with the typing desk, I mean, you can imagine somebody else. You can be looking at the girls in your class. You never had a blowjob yeah. from a girl with braces. It's like a glory hole. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, Steele. Steel, we're wondering yeah. also, what is your uh, current uh, porn you're jacking off to? Because I remember last time we talked to you, it was uh, uh-huh. it was piss. I think you're really into piss. What are you jerking I, off yeah, to these days? Into your, uh, what's that? What are you jerking my, off to these days? Well, you know, my my I I, I generally my 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 wheelhouse and jerking off when when I'm when I'm serious about jerking off. My wheelhouse. Not, a lot of my jerk offs these days are very utilitarian. They're not even sexual in nature. It's just uh, a physical act that doesn't have any passion or. And half the time, my dick's half limp, so I'm I'm getting that fucking like soft dick ejaculation. It's 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 fantastic. Wow, but, it, uh, it sounds like you're raping yourself. You have to like squeeze oh, I, it out like the last toothpaste out of the tube. <laughs> yeah, especially come, especially come the ninth jerk off of the week. Yeah, then it's it's like blowing lint out of my urethra. It's fucking fantastic. But the uh, when I go to porn, like uh, you know, because I still you know I, I I do peruse porn. I don't enjoy it as much as, of course, magazine porn from the 1980s. But it's it's what we have at our disposal these days. I like to go uh, eternal cream pie. Eternalcreampie.com. Is it just you know? I don't think it, is it a membership site or is it a free site? Like, are you a member no, or a paid member? A, <laughs> member is a, the key word. <laughs> no, the. Uh, the uh, internal cream pie is a genre. It's not really. I'm sure there oh, is an internal cream pie. Those are your keywords. Com, those are your your yeah. search keywords. Okay, eternal, yeah, why exactly. eternal cream pie? Like it's just a never ending cream pie. Just well, no. It's it's like they instead of like uh, cream pieing a, a chick's face, like uh, like with you know five guy bukkake all over her face. What they do is, and I like it especially. I like to put the word 
preface that search by putting accidental internal cream pie, where it's supposed to be under the guise that they didn't wear rubber and they accidentally came inside the broad, and she gets all pissed because she he wasn't supposed to fucking copulate in her twat, and he, and he does. And then she, she pushes them away, and they get in an argument, comes dripping over her pussy. That, that turns me on, like, well... <laughs> In my case, turning me on is getting my erection to thirty percent at this stage of the game. I guess but, uh, I, I thought you said eternal, like eternal cream pie, but you oh, said no, internal. That would be even better, yeah. Just yeah. a nonstop ejaculation. <laughs> it just said well, no, I kind of pictured it. I mean, maybe cum. this exists. Maybe it's called something else. But like one guy cream pies a girl, and before she even cleans herself out, like another guy comes in, and then he does it. Then another guy comes in, and they're all just jizzing in each other's <laughs> fucking sloppy jizz. Oh, yeah, there is that land. In fact, there was a, and I don't, and I remember this from doing from the bill. We were every year when the avian, like we went to the avians one year, but every year bef- before that, even we'd read the the nominations for the, the avian awards. Yeah, right. yeah, the different categories. And I remember one of the years, and I don't know why I even remember this, but one of the one of the nominations for best fucking movie or gangbang was called Five Guy Cream Pie. Five Guy which was, Cream Pie. Which was that? It was five guys fucking blowing jizz and spunk into her fucking cunt, and then you know just one after the other, just blowing. She's just filled with five different loads from five different gentlemen. Do you think wow. you can transfer Ebola doing that or not? I would imagine if you got bit by a fruit bat, you lived in Nigeria. <laughs> Which is one of the guys. So Steel, Steel, have you ever jacked off to uh, that porn star Christy Mack? Oh, is she the one that just got tuned up by her boyfriend? Yeah, uh, she just got beaten by her boyfriend. Know, I've never heard of her until this incident where she supposedly got fucking, uh, she got the Ike Turner treatment at the hands of her ex-boyfriend. The war uh, machine. I've never heard, yeah, the war machine or whatever her name is. Yeah. I never heard of her until then, but I can tell you what. I'm a little turned on by the photos of her in the hospital. I did, that's what I was getting to. I kind of figured, did you jack off to those like uh, photos of her injured, bruised? I tell you, I have not yet, but when I see the before <laughs> and after, I'm much more turned on by the after, quite frankly. I like the Tina Turner look, let's be frank. You know that guy, that war machine guy, he's kind of fucked now. Do you hear about this? Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. I haven't Hunters heard the after. latest. No, yeah, Dog ahead. the Bounty Hunter's after him. Oh, 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 I'm scared, dude. Yeah, you know, Dog tweeted that he that uh, you know, War Machine better turn himself in. He's got 24 hours, or Dog's coming after him. Oh boy, that's about as scary as knowing that the guy that starred in the movie Jim Cotta in 1984 is going to track you <laughs> Jim, down. Jim Cotta, probably the most obscure movie reference we've ever had on the show. Well, have you even remember. seen that, Jim Cotta? Oh, I'm sure I saw yeah. it on USA up all night at one point. <laughs> It was the cheesiest martial arts movie. It was like a, he was like he was like a United the guy that played him. I forget his name, but he was a he was a United States Olympic gold medalist gymnast or something that was playing like a martial artist gymnast combination. Well, it's a special subgenre of of martial arts movie because it's it's martial arts movies that star an American white guy. Because <laughs> so there was American Ninja, you know, there was Blood I guess Blood, Blood yeah. Well, he's Belgian though, but I guess yeah. We'll count that right. white guy, Chuck Norris. I mean, this this guy in Jim Cotta was basically the male version of Mary Lou Retton. 
but he was like supposed to be some handsome action stud. Yeah, and I think tall. I'm not not sure. I haven't Wikipedia it or MIDB it or whatever, but I'm pretty sure it might have been his only role. <laughs> what, what was the story of Jim Cotta? Jesus, like, was I it like a blood sport there were thing? Ninjas involved and shit. Yeah, what I mean, that? I could guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember the box that you'd see at the video store. Because I, I watched oh, it, but I just remember video. you'd always see that that box at the at the video store. So, Steele, I was wondering about this. You, yeah. you know, you you did like I know you've done like PI work in the past and uh, and and various uh-huh. things like that. How come you've never been a bounty hunter? I could see you doing that line of work. Why? Because I look like one. I'm all ugly and fucking uh, discombobulated. Because that's how most of them look. Do you I mean, still have that by our judgment? No. <laughs> Do you <laughs> still have that duster jacket? Oh yeah, it's in the closet. It's in the Essexville Justice uh, memorab- movie memorabilia box that I have in the, somewhere in the back of my closet. And duster now is probably probably more suitable now because it's probably covered in dust. Because uh, I don't think it's seen the light of day since 1995-ish, maybe. Such an impressive duster. And not to mention, Steel would wear it with jean shorts. Whoa. Which is a great look. Well, that, that, no, no, that was pre-jean shorts. I didn't start wearing jorts until the late 90s. <laughs> but I will say this. I wore jean shorts before Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I did put them on before him. But... Uh, <laughs> In the when I had the duster in the early nineties, no, what I had was cut off sweatpants. Remember, like oh, when you take an old pair better. of sweatpants and make them into shorts. You did have cut off, so because I remember Kessler would make fun of you um, when when he when he'd see you wearing the uh, cut off sweatpants. They were usually stained. I recall. Oh, well, yeah. Um, where in the front where the jizz was? <laughs> I think both parts, the yeah. back and front. It was just, uh, <laughs> it was just no, no one wanted to touch your uh, your uh, cut off sweatpants. Oh, I don't blame them. My poor mom had to do my laundry for many years. Can you imagine? Because back when we were talking about masturbation, not only did I masturbate like in the couple dozens during those days, but I also used to get almost every night. I used to have eternal or uh, nocturnal emissions. Like I used to get <laughs> wet dreams all the time, like uncontrollable wet dreams. Jesus, you, well, whatever happened to your sex drive? I mean, you're pretty horny. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was also, you know what, I was fucking 18, 19, 16. I mean, you're, everybody's fucking horny. You don't even know why you're horny. Then you're just constantly fucking horned up. Now, yeah, I, now I just don't even give a shit. I mean, it's, it's like it's so far on my priority, low, low down on my priority list that, you know, plus my dick doesn't get hard half the time, you know, or it, or it will if I pop medication, but it's usually at an inappropriate time. You know, it's it's usually after the chick's already left or too early. You know, it's <laughs> it, the timing is just way off. My dick's timing is horrible. <laughs> so, Steele, the reason I was thinking that you'd be a great bounty hunter is because if you look at you, you look like a bounty hunter, whereas, like, you know, if you walked in a bar and you saw me, I, you know, I don't think you'd yeah. be intimidated by me. I mean, you'd see me and be, be like, like that wait, guy- are you sure you didn't, you don't mean as a bounty paper towel salesman? <laughs> 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 or you might think I'm like, you know, a, an accountant or something. I mean, I like give you know, like audit your finances or something. But like well, steel. You are Jewish. That's the, that, the accountant thing would fit perfectly. You're much better with money than the rest of us. You see steel and you'd be like, you know, if someone was looked at you and was like, you know, that guy over there in the duster and the, and the uh, cut off sweatpants. That guy's a bounty hunter. I'd be like, okay, you know, I believe that. I but I think the problem is, I mean, to that. be honest, I mean, as tough as you can be, you can't go into a situation where you're like, 
tracking some guy down and you're knocking on his apartment door and you're just by yourself. You need like a team or entourage. I mean, even Dog the Bounty Hunter has, you know, his Leland wife, and his other son his and friend, yeah, his the other guy, his brother in law. Oh, the Lance. He knows all the characters' names oh, in this Come on. Show. Come on. I've watched it millions of times. I could see Steel putting a team together Steel, Martin, Dougie, Mr. Spring Break, Mooner. Mooner. That would be a pretty yeah, oh, fearsome bounty hunter friend's team. wife. Yes. Yeah, uh, just what you want is Dougie and Mr. Spring Break uh, wielding fucking 357 Magnums. Well, you need the guys who are a little bit crazy and unpredictable, and that, that's when the, you know, the guy, the perp, he doesn't know what's going on, and then he just gives up. I understand crazy unpredictable. There's a big difference between crazy and unpredictable and physically and mentally retarded. <laughs> Uh, you know what the, you know the you. best part? You know what the best part about that show is, though. Dog the Bunny Hunter is once he gets him and he's taking him to jail, and then he gives them the, uh, the speech. I don't know. If, yeah, Jesus I don't know if it's Christ a pep speech. talk or yeah, Jesus or just you know, you got to turn your life around, brother. <laughs> I mean, you'd be good at that. <laughs> I, I could see yeah. Steel doing that. Like, listen, just when you're in jail, down. first thing you got to do is get some lube because <laughs> you're gonna need it. <laughs> Secure the lube. I have seen a couple episodes, and you're right. The end is always like a, it's always like the heartwarming 1980s sitcom twist yeah, where there's exactly. some morals of the story. Yeah, it's right. the, yeah. the moral speech at the end. I always yeah, like it when it's like some huge Samoan guy, you know, and he's like <laughs> telling the well, story. Aren't they all huge Samoan guys? Isn't well, most, he in Hawaii? Is that what you're saying? Is, uh, Do you think you would need yeah. a bounty hunter in Michigan, though? I mean, I, well, I guess maybe in Detroit. Oh, they're they're all over the place. The thing of about course. bounty hunting is it's it's not really a regulated industry. I've I've actually worked with bounty hunters before, and like to find people for them, but they're uh, they're kind of loose cannons. A lot of them are actually a lot of bounty hunters are actually felons. They're ex felons because they're, <laughs> they're ex cons. Yeah, in, in a lot of states, like, and yeah, you usually have to have a team to do it. And then once in a while at a bar here, you'll see a team come through looking for somebody. They wear their, their fake fucking re, uh, recovery agent jackets or whatever the fuck they <laughs> name them. So what do their jackets look like? Well, like they're, they're like great. Well, if you ever, <laughs> no, it's not fucking eighteen seventy-five. <laughs> That's not Tato U.S. Marshal, but uh, or Rooster Cogburn or whatever the fuck. But uh, they look like rage, like police raid jackets, like FBI, DA, the ones that say that on the back. See what bounty uh, hunters have tried to do since they've had these TV shows come out, like because there were a lot more bounty hunter shows than just that dog show. There was a whole bunch of them for a while. It was like the, you know, now it's the hick redneck thing that before that bounty hunters was kind of a popular reality show. So they've tried to like professionalize their industry. Like bounty hunter sounds rough and tough. Like you're in the old West. Yeah. But it, like they, they, what they try to do is like, they try to make it sound professional and like official and shit. So they get these raid jackets that say like, Fugitive recovery agent on the back. <laughs> no, like you're fucking your bounty hunter. It's, it's fugitive, but they're trying to like make themselves sound more important and more professional than they really are. Because like a lot of them, like I said, have a rap sheet a mile long. They're fucking ex con in in some states because it's not even like it's it's hardly ever regulated. Like you don't have to pass like any criteria. You can just say, "Oh, I'm a bounty hunter. I'm going to chase down felons." Do, do you, I mean, uh, I, they can, I guess, use like uh, lethal uh, methods, right? No. I mean, can they, can they, what happens if like a, you know, an ex-con that was like, like this war machine, what happens if they found him, there's a scuffle and they, and they accidentally killed them? Would they be arrested for manslaughter? No, well, no, if they, they could be, the, the, the law would state, I mean, if, if they have a license, a permit to carry a concealed weapon, 
and they're defending themselves. Like say, say they went to arrest the guy. Cause if the guy, if they have a warrant for his arrest, um, they the can go to arrest him. the guy. Yeah. If the guy, it's just like a police officer. Somebody pulls a gun out on a police officer and the perp ends up dead. Then it's like self-defense. So it would be self-defense. But again, you're putting that up in the air for somebody else to decide, you know, they, they investigate it and see who was at fault and whatnot. And if, you know, they said, well, we think you acted negligently or whatever, they could probably, or, you know, you could probably get, you know, negligent homicide or sued. But, um, and some bounty hunters carry, I mean, if I was bounty hunting, I'd carry, uh, the, you know, definitely carry a firearm. I wouldn't carry non-lethal fucking, no. I mean, to, but I think Dog and his team usually carry, like, non-lethal shit. I, I, like, yeah, they uh, have those uh, like gun. bear pepper spray, or like a, bear like load. a rape whistle. <laughs> this is why you're, well, that would, this is why you're the accountant. That would come in real handy if you're fucking uh, chasing down perps in the tenderloin. Yeah, well, you never know when you might need one. So, Seal, no, if, if you were to go into bounty hunting, would you grow your mullet back or would you just stay bald? I don't think you're allowed in the bounty hunting industry without a mullet of some <laughs> of some magnitude. Well, if, so, you, yeah, watch, I would have to grow if you watch the dog show, you, the, the mullet is obviously there, but also what's also appropriate is the long uh, just braid. <laughs> like, just all braid shorter, but just the like long braid in the back. Yeah, like that the rat tail. Yes, yes. Yeah, That's you could go rat tail. Brother has. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, any, anything that, let's put it this way, you don't have to be the most attractive individual to be in the bounty hunting business. Uh, <laughs> That's why I think you'd even, excel at that. Yeah, and I, I like the part I liked about the bounty hunter is his, his cow of a wife, that fat <laughs> fucking slob. She's got big tits at yeah, her cans are, yeah, yeah, but she's fat. Like, it, it, that's the thing. Everybody, oh, she's got big tits. Yeah, she's fat. Have you ever seen a fat bro without big tits? I mean, they're all Well, yeah, I have, and it's, and it's terrible. Tits. Well, it, that's some a tragic do, have small tits, and it's the worst. Yeah, yeah it's the flat I mean, If you're going to be fat, you better have huge fucking milk wagons, a big set of cans hanging off the fucking chest. But uh, the thing that I like about her is, like, she's never... She's never dressed to to fucking chase a fucking wanted uh, criminal. She she's got her high heels on, her like fuck me pumps on, and she got her fucking nails done, and her hair all hairsprayed up. Like fucking, how is she gonna run? That's why it's you know what's scripted and all that fucking yeah, she's not going to be able to run through the fucking Hawaiian rainforest and her fuck me pumps and chase down some <laughs> down fucking wily Polynesian. <laughs> She might as well put on a grass hula, 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 uh, hula skirt and a fucking coconut bra. I gotta say though, if That's I had to choose, if I had to choose between watching Dog the Bounty Hunter or or Steel's Bounty Hunter show, I'm gonna call it tentatively Steel's Justice. If I if I had the choice of Steel Justice <laughs> featuring Dougie Martin and Mr. Spring Break and uh, Martin's wife and Steel. Versus uh, Dog and Bounty Hunter, I would definitely choose Steel Justice. I mean, we already have the like Essexville Justice. Why don't we just stick with that? Well, maybe, but there, I, you know, I would assume that like one guy has all the Essexville Tri City bail bondsman business kind of tied up, though. It's there's not, it's not a big enough market to have like multiple guys. Right? Have we to could get market that guy this in different areas, like different markets. We could bring it out nationwide and have, have Steel Justice in every town. <laughs> I. I, 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 sounds like a great cast. I mean, I, let me say this. We probably wouldn't accomplish much, and we probably wouldn't make too many arrests. 
but we would we would always find i'm sure we would there'd be a lot of obviously we're all pretty lazy and we have a lot of downtime uh we'd probably you know searching the internet we'd probably be watching porn and jerking off during most episodes there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of productivity accomplished during our episodes so i'm not sure we'd get renewed for another season but it would be fun to try. No, no, but the hijinks is what bring people yeah, back. The, the failures, the comedy of errors. Yeah. So what we, we got to move on here. Um, <clears throat> the second special guest that we have on here is um, Catherine Duff, who is the founder and president of the Fecal Transplant Foundation. Have you ever heard oh, of that? Oh have you ever heard of that, uh, Steel Fecal Transplant? I've heard of fecal transplants. I've never, I didn't know there was an official foundation that somebody was in charge of. <laughs> there is a founded, they have a website. All right. It's oh, the, yeah. You can go to fecal transplant foundation.com. Um, it, it's, it's called an FMT, a fecal microbiota transplant. And it's a procedure in which fecal matter or stool is collected from a donor mixed with a saline and then placed inside the uh, anus of the, uh, of the recipient. Of the patient. Okay. And uh, what it does is it, 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 it offers promising results to uh, many digestive and autoimmune diseases, such as irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, and colitis. So a lot of people are, okay. are using this controversial swapping mud technique to, uh, oh to take goodness. care of, uh, of uh, colitis and uh, irritable bowel syndrome. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've read about it, but I never actually really found out, you know, how it really works. Um, Steel, okay. if... If Martin came to you and was like, you know, mm -hmm. I've been suffering from this digestive ailment for, you know, the past six years, seven years, mm -hmm. doctors don't have any medication for me, but I would like some of your stool so I can put it inside of my colon and this, uh, th this foreign bacteria would cure my uh, digestive issue. Would you, would you donate some stool to uh, Martin? Well, my take on that is I'd rather give him a couple turds in my kidney. So if he wants to, I, I, I send him more. pictures of my, I, I text him pictures of my stool all the time. So it wouldn't be much different than that. And, uh, it, which by the way is, is texting bowel movements. Is that considered sexting? Because if it is, I just sexted five friends and a cousin the other day. I guess if uh, you're, uh, yeah. Depends you're, what you're into. Yeah. I guess if you're texting a fecal filiac, then yeah, you're probably giving them a bonus. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of not, it's kind of in the terms of the uh, recipient on how they view it not necessarily the messenger so if they're into that thing it's going to be very sexual then yeah yeah okay would you yeah, administer Marty, though the uh the the treatment well wouldn't doctors do that can i just like shit my hand and give it to a doctor and then they shove it in his ass no doctors do don't doctors to... don't do it it's like people do this at home because the fda hasn't actually approved this procedure oh my you goodness like you mean people are knife. Yeah, you would probably need. Yeah, you'd probably need some kind of uh, tube, maybe an enema bag, maybe a funnel. You'd probably need a funnel, and you'd have to be kind of limber. Perhaps the turd twister could be employed. <laughs> the, the, the turd twister could have been useful. That's that's I think in the the uh, archive box of FTV sitting somewhere and collecting dust as well. Maybe we can get that and the duster out of that box and bring it back to life. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I didn't know. So this isn't really done in hospital. Like doctors don't officially do it in their office or at a uh, uh, operating room or something. They just 
they tell you how to do it? You know, they, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more from uh, Catherine Duff, but there's only a couple hospitals in the country that actually do it, and only you know a handful in the world that do it. I, I think there's a, a doctor in Australia that, that does it. Uh, there's some in Europe. Uh, but, the, you know, they, they've been doing fecal transplants since the 4th century in China. They call it yellow soup over there. Oh, my goodness. Yellow, <laughs> yellow soup. What the fuck? What that's the bad. fuck are they shitting out of? I thought it was egg drop soup. I thought that's what that was. But yeah, well, um, yellow soup sounds like it should be when you're sticking or when you're exchanging piss. I would think it would be more appropriate to call it brown soup at this point. But that's very odd. But if maybe they call it yellow soup because they, in fact, themselves are the yellow man or yellow people. It's diarrhea so it's coming out of a yellow yeah, man and, and it's very soupy and th- that's probably the reason they term it that but but anyway we'll, we'll find out why this uh procedure isn't as popular as it should be i actually in fact i think my sister should get this done i've suggested it to her a couple times but jer uh-huh. her uh her husband is unwilling to donate why actually would you donate some stool to my sister no why i don't want to God, look at this guy selfish prick i will it's against my religion. That turns me on. I'm giving, donating turds to chicks to stick in their ass. That's a little different than me stick giving them to Martin to shove up his ass. But yeah, I'd much rather uh, I'd much rather donate my fecal matter or a bowel movement than a fucking organ. I can assure you of that. Can I sell my turds to your sister? There's a good chance. You know, I wonder oh, well, if I can make money off of it. Then yeah. Now, wait a minute. Do you need to have a match? Like, you know how you have to have a blood certain blood type can only go into certain transfusions and yeah. a kidney has to match another donor or something like that? I mean, do you have to, does there have to be a match, like, biologically or something or what? Well, you know, they do test the donors. Um, but I'm not sure. You know, I, I think Catherine, uh, Catherine talks about it. But, um, you know, let, let's, let's roll this interview so people can learn. How to do a? She actually gives. She actually, you know, discusses the procedure in detail. So, um, oh. yeah, people can learn how to do an at-home fecal microbiota transplant. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> well, <it> sounds <laughs> like swapping a mud. I think is the clinical term. Anyway, uh, people, <laughs> episode four forty-five here. Sick and wrong. Um, uh, Wilson's interview here with uh, Catherine Duff. Uh, coming up a little bit later, we have some uh, shit stories. And uh, Steele will uh, stick around for that. Uh, before we get to uh, the, the interview here with Catherine, uh, here's a word from our sponsor, Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Hello, this is Catherine. Hi, Catherine. It's Dee Simon here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, thanks, thanks for taking the time to uh, be on the show and uh, answer a few questions um, no about a, a topic I recently found out about and uh, I find quite fascinating. Um, let, let me start this off just by explaining, or if, if you could explain to me, what is a fecal microbiota transplant, an FMT? Um, well, an FMT is where healthy bacteria from a healthy patient or person is taken from their stool 
mm-hmm. and infused into a sick person whose healthy bacteria has been destroyed, usually through antibiotic use. Um, it's given to them either by colonoscopy, enema, or NG tube, or now some doctors are using capsules. And this helps the person whose good bacteria has been ravaged by antibiotics or disease uh, to regain a healthy balance of their gut microbiota. So so how does it work? Once you, I guess, insert the healthy stool into the infected person, what what happens? Well, um, before an FMT is done, a bowel cleanse is done, just like you would do before a colonoscopy. Mm. And that flushes out as much of the harmful bacteria that's um, colonizing and growing and producing toxins as possible. Um, And then that allows this clean slate idea, allows the good bacteria to gain a foothold and grow and colonize. And having that good bacteria is what keeps bad bacteria in all of us from gaining a foothold and overpopulating and becoming toxic. So, so would people who have, I guess, I'm just trying to figure out who would get this. Would it, would it be someone who has like colitis, um, irritable bowel syndrome? Is that the type of person who would entertain getting this procedure? Well, right now, C. diff is only allowed in the United States for, I mean, C. diff, FMT is only okay. allowed in the United States for well, what's C. Diff? recurrent C. diff, Clostridium difficile. Okay. It's an infectious disease. Um, last year, in 2013, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, issued its first ever severe threat warning against antibiotic superbugs, and they ranked C. diff as the number one threat mm. in the United States. Um, so right now, C. diff is only allowed... <laughs> I'm sorry. FMT is only allowed... Okay. For I'm trying to get these straight C-diff. here. Okay. Right. Um, unless a doctor is doing a clinical trial for other indications, or unless they have an IND, an investigational new drug application that's been approved by the FDA for some other indication besides C. diff. Um, now, there are currently trials going on for FMT with ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, IBD, irritable bowel disease, and also some uh, metabolic and autoimmune disorders such as Parkinson's, diabetes, autism, to name a few. So there's a lot of promise in a lot of different areas, but right now um, the research shows that it's extremely efficacious for recurrent C. diff with cure rates in the 90 to 95 percentile range. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to, to ask here is um, what, what is, so the success rate is 95 uh, percent, huh? Yeah, between 90 and 95 percent for recurrent C. diff. Hmm. Um, what, what are the risks involved? Like aren't there, um, aren't you uh, prone to catching like hep C and a variety of other diseases from someone else's stool? Well, the American College of Gastroenterology 
the American Gastroenterology Association and the Infectious Disease Society of America uh, in 2012 published what they call their joint guidance on donor stool testing. And it recommends that besides the questionnaire that's used uh, for blood donors, that following that questionnaire that um, blood testing is, is done and stool testing. And this is to rule out any history or occurrence of HIV AIDS, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, parasites, C. diff itself, or anything else that, that is known that could be transmitted in a microbiota transplant. Oh, so now, can, you can actually contract an STD or an STI from, uh, from feces? Well, I haven't heard of any instance of that happening, but it's because the screening process is in place for physicians that are doing it. Okay. Now, we know that there are people doing this on their own, sometimes without having their donor tested, and that's where the risks arise, um, there is a risk that those people could contract either a, a blood-borne pathogen or an intestinal parasite or pathogen or mm. an infectious disease. Yeah. Um, and there, there are also concerns that are growing that we don't understand the long-term consequences of FMT. Uh, for instance, my husband, who has been my donor both times that I've had FMT for recurrent C. diff, he would now be excluded under the current criteria because he's diabetic. So there's some concern that in the future I could manifest diabetes. So, so you've, you've had the procedure twice? I have. I have had C. diff eight times. Oh. And the last two times it was not responding to standard antibiotic treatment. And my choices were to have my colon removed or do nothing and die. So I started doing research and I learned about FMT. And at that time, there were only two providers identified on the Internet, um, one in Australia and one in Reno, Nevada. And I was too sick to travel, so my husband and I uh, did it at home. Now, we did have his stool tested. And then the next time, I, I was... Um, forced to take antibiotics about three months after that for an emergency surgery, and I developed C. diff again. And after trying to fight it again for several months with antibiotic therapy, I finally convinced my colon rectal surgeon to perform FMT. So that time I had it via colonoscopy. Um, now, if you have it via colonoscopy, the risks are the same as with any colonoscopy. Um, there's about a 1% chance of perforation hmm. during the colonoscopy. But besides for that, it's a very low-risk, low-cost, safe, effective procedure. So, so you, yeah, so you can either have a doctor do the transplant or you can just have your buddy do it at home or your husband? Well, um, you know, in my case, I really didn't have a choice. When, hmm. after that second FMT, I decided to do something to try to make this easier for other people going through this process. Um, so I started the Fecal Transplant Foundation, and one of the main things that we do is provide a database of all known providers worldwide of FMT. So 
people now have a lot more options as far as identifying a provider and getting to one. We started with 19 providers, and now mm-hmm. in the United States alone, we're up to almost 100 providers. So you you would recommend somebody to go to a doctor to have an FMT rather than a DIY FMT at home? Absolutely. Uh, not only to ensure that the proper testing is done, but there's also pre-care where a doctor has to write an order for the colonoscopy bowel prep kit. And then there's follow-up care, usually uh, about two weeks after the procedure and then again at three months. And then long-term follow-up, uh, which we currently don't have typically, is being uh, initiated um, so hmm. that the FDA can gather longitudinal safety data on recipients of FMT. So how long have people been doing uh, fecal transplants? Like who discovered this? Well, the first known documentation of fecal transplant was in 4th century in China. Oh, so it's uh, Eastern medicine here. Yeah. That hmm. is the first uh, documented use. It was called yellow soup, and it was given orally for digestive illnesses, and then it kind of disappears from historical records until about the 14th century, and from the 14th century to the 17th century in Italy and France, it was documented for use in digestive illnesses. So wait, yellow soup, so you would mm -hmm. drink the soup? Yes, they mixed the, well, this was in China in the 4th century. They Mm. mixed the fecal matter with herbs and water and other things that had medicinal properties at that time, and people drank it. Mm. Um, Now, even today in some Asian countries, when a newborn baby is born, um, a small, just a a very minuscule amount of the mother's fecal matter, which is often passed during childbirth, is taken and placed on the infant's tongue as a way to jumpstart their immune system, it's thought. Um, wow, yeah, I, I got to say that. Yeah, I saw that on your site, and I, I just you know, kind of found that hard to believe. It's, it, I guess being a Westerner, it seems rather repulsive to do that. But uh, does, it, does it actually, has that been scientifically proven to, to help a kid's immune system? Yeah, there have been uh, various studies, actually, that show um, there are many methods to jumpstart an infant's immune system. One is by having a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. Um, If a baby is born through cesarean section, they do not get the microbiota that populates the mother's vaginal canal, and they have a higher incidence of infections early in life and of autoimmune digestive and metabolic diseases later in life. Yeah. So, so can anyone be a, uh, a donor? And do men or women make better donors? It's a two-part question. <laughs> well, um, not anyone should be a donor. I suppose anyone could be a donor. Mm-hmm. Um, the ideal donor currently is thought to have not taken antibiotics at all in their life, if possible, but at least for the previous two to six months, uh, not traveled to areas of the world where you could come in contact with um, airborne pathogens or uh, infectious disease-bearing insects, Mm -hmm. not engaged in rescue 
risky sexual behaviors or shared intravenous noodle uh, needles. Um, so no the drug addicts. Donor, okay. Mm-hmm, the ideal donor would be uh, not obese, um, would eat a healthy diet, and would have tested clear for for all of the blood and um, stool-borne diseases that I mentioned earlier. A lot of stringent requirements here. So, so what about men or women? Who would be who would I guess makes who produces better stool, healthier stool? I don't know that there's been any research on that. Um, there has been some recent research through RNA sequencing that suggests someone who is more closely um, related to you from an RNA standpoint would be a better donor for you. But RNA sequencing is not readily available, and it's still cost-prohibitive. Um, now, as far as the sex of the donor, I have not seen anything to indicate uh, that there's any difference in efficacy using a male or female donor. And there has, in fact, been research that shows there's no difference in efficacy if if your donor is a family member or a universal donor, as long as they have met all of the testing requirements. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. My sister has uh, IB, well, IBD, I think, irritable bowel mm-hmm. disease. And mm-hmm. uh, she, she's tried a variety of different treatments, but I would be in a weird position if she came to me and was like, hey, you, you know, you're my brother, and I'm vegetarian, so I have a healthier diet. It would just be mm-hmm. a weird position for me, to, for her to be like, can I have some of your feces? Well, people do it all the time, uh, friends, family members. Um, there's also a donor banking system mm-hmm. that's been developed in the United States called Open Biome, and they have a small group of donors who regularly contribute, and their stool is divided up into sample size for use and prepared and frozen, and then it's shipped to hospitals and physicians um, throughout North America. How, how much do so, you need? Like, how much stool do you need? Um, the protocol that we used called for a 200 milliliter sample. So, um, what, what you take. In, well, in, like, it, it's about two enema bottles full. Oh, okay. That's kind of a lot. It is kind of a lot. And some people cannot tolerate holding that much in. So,. Uh, you're supposed to, if this is by enema, you're supposed to take in as much as you can comfortably hold and hold it for as long as possible. The recommendation is four to six hours. Um, by colonoscopy, of course, that's not an issue because the desired amount is placed high up into the large intestine and the person is sedated as they would be for a colonoscopy. So are you laying in like a, a position kind of like with your feet kind of propped up vertically for four or five hours? Uh, yes. When I did mine at home via enema, I lay in a bed that was elevated. The foot of the bed was elevated, and then my hips and legs were elevated with pillows. And about every 15 minutes, I would roll to one side and stay there for about 15 minutes, then back to my back, stay there, then to the other side 
stay mm. there so that the material would cover as much of the colon as possible. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a rigorous procedure. I didn't realize it took that long. Well, some people are unable to to hold it in. Um, this is another reason we advocate for using a medical provider mm. um, because oftentimes um, a prescription can be given for a drug such as amitriptyline that stro- slows the motility of the bowel so that you don't have as much of an urge to expel the material. And if you do that at home, you don't have access to you know, not only the pre-care and the, the follow-up care and the testing, but uh, little tips and things like this that can make it easier, um, make it easier for you to withhold, with, well, to contain it, hold it for a certain period of time. And the longer you hold it um, in an enema, the more efficacious it is. Who do you think has healthier stool, a vegetarian or a carnivore? Like I, I, I'm a vegetarian, but I eat a lot of like Taco Bell. So would that <laughs> negatively affect my stool? Well, there's different thinking on this. There hasn't been any definitive research that says a vegetarian or a vegan versus a carnivore or an omnivore is uh, any better in quality. Um, there is some anecdotal evidence that the donor's diet should closely match the recipient's diet. Mm. If the recipient is a vegan, they should use the vegan donor, so forth and so on. Um, now, you know, a healthier diet is always recommended, meaning perhaps no sugar, no junk foods, no processed mm. foods, a healthy food, whole food, non-processed, sugar-free, low-fat, high-fiber, high-protein, low-carb, um, you know, the things that we all know to be true as far as a healthy diet. Yeah, I think that's the whole reason my sister has IBD in the first place, is she eats a lot of Taco Bell. But then, hey, maybe that would mean our stool matches up, you know, brother, sister, and Taco Bell eaters. Um, <laughs> so the, the Fecal Transplant Foundation, people can find out more about it at thefecaltransplantfoundation.org. Do you see the FDA approving this procedure and recognizing the, the procedure officially within the next few years? Well, we hope so. We hope that the procedure for C. diff specifically will um, be not designated as an experimental procedure as it mm-hmm. is currently. And we hope that there'll be expanded access for other indications, not just C. diff for which it has shown to hold promise. Mm, okay. Initially, I had emailed uh, Tracy over at the powerofpoop.com, which is a great name for a website. Well, what's your affiliation with the Power of Poop? Well, there are several of us who are advocates for microbiota transplantation. Uh, Tracy is one, and I'm another, and we work very closely together. We stay in contact frequently. Um, She has helped me with my website, um, both when I initially started the foundation and just as recently as uh, a few months ago, she took time from her Christmas holiday to to revamp our website so it would be more user-friendly. 
So along with Tracy and Christian Lillis of the Peggy Lillis Memorial Foundation, um, Bobby Ann Smith of C. diff support, mm. um, and, and lots of groups of researchers and scientists and phys- physicians, clinicians, researchers, were all working very hard to raise awareness about FMT and provide education to both patients and physicians and advocate for patients uh, seeking FMT and advocate for the science of microbiota transplantation. Hmm. That's interesting. I applaud your mission. Well, I um, encourage our uh, listeners to go check out um, the fecaltransplantfoundation.org, learn a little bit more about FMTs, um, in particular if you suffer from digestive issues. I noticed that you're, you're launching a store. If, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what, what do you plan to sell at the store? Well, we plan to sell T-shirts and magnets and bumper stickers and tote bags and coffee cups and baseball caps, all the usual suspects. Okay, so no like um, enemas or anything like that? Oh, no, no. That would oh. be prohibited by law. <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't sell like a branded enema? No, no, oh, we are a nonprofit organization, uh, 501c3 pending, and mm. we very strictly adhere to all the rules and regulations governing a 501c3. Um, so the, the patient population who's interested in FMT typically has a rather um, different sense of humor about this. I mm. mean, what are you going to do? It is what it is, and you have to laugh about it. And um, humor is the best coping a, mechanism. It really is. It is. It absolutely is. And so we are going to encourage people to uh, not only raise awareness through these items, but you know, help us raise funds so that we can continue our mission and um, just share the humor that's involved about this dramatic and life-saving and very effective treatment. All right. Well, uh, Catherine, thanks for being on the show, answering a few questions here. Learned a lot about FMTs. Like more, actually, I've learned a, more about stool than I have uh, um, probably my whole life, actually. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. And uh, yeah, have a, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. So believe it or not, uh, that uh, Fecal Transplant Foundation actually has a gift shop like on their page. So you can go buy uh, Fecal Transplant swag, like T-shirts. Can I get a shot glass? Yeah, I think, I think they sell. Uh, you know, I asked her if they sell the Fecal Transplant bags. Like if you can just get a bag, you know, that, that you can, like the enema bag. She's like, no, it's like T-shirts and, and, and coffee mugs and things like that. But you know what, though? I think it'd make a great gift for around like the holidays. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think it's those good. people that are hard to buy for. Yeah, the the people well, that you're just like my parents. Well, you know, sometimes when you're like, should I just give them cash? No, just go to the Fecal Transplant Foundation and buy them a coffee mug. You I like know? that you got a gift shop. I love how appetizing it is in the morning. You're drinking your coffee, and the coffee mug says Fecal Transplant Foundation. There's <laughs> nothing that says I want to eat breakfast and having something to do with some fecal institution on your coffee mug. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you think about it, coffee, probably kind of looks like what's going inside of you, you know. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, now I don't. What I don't understand is they're trying to cure IBS and all this other shit. But I mean, can you get like? Okay, you're trying to cure that shit. Okay, I don't have IBS anymore, but now I got E. coli and hepatitis. <laughs> I think they test you for that. I, th- I think they test the donor. But yeah, still, I mean, you think about it. How healthy is it really to shove someone else's shit up your ass? I can't imagine it's very healthy at all. And, I, d- I doubt it. And what I would like to know is she never got into this, but everything is they're always shoving all this fecal matter in the other person's ass to cure these diseases. But like most medications, you can get it through other means. Can you take this fecal medication and implant orally, so to speak? Or is that out of the question? <laughs> You know, I should have asked her that. Pill form, like a capsule. Yeah, uh, yeah I wonder if it's like, you know, if you, if you could just like swallow a pill or maybe do a shot or something. Yeah, exactly. Like a smoothie. Intubation. Yeah, yeah possibly. Maybe you could smoke it. <laughs> anyway, we got to move on. Um, keeping with the theme of the show, uh, we got a few shit stories to get to. Um, I should roll the theme music. Here's the jingle for the sick and wrong bit. Come gather round. It's all about shit. Shit! All right. So uh, shit story number one comes from, comes from a guy who calls himself Stanley Stanko. Sick and wrong. This is Stanley Stanko. I called once before, but Captain Coxie's called for me. I am Stanley the Stanko. I'm the guy that welded my fingers shut. I have a shit story. It's ridiculous. Went out drinking to a bar, got hammered, came home, ate some food, woke up the next morning, had a big, foul, dirty shit, looked in the toilet. It was all bloody as hell. <laughs> bloody. 1-800-NURSE-LINE or whatever the hell you want to call it. They said, go to the hospital if you're bleeding. So I went. My girlfriend came with. Make a long story short, two hours, she's waiting in the emergency and the... Do you think he showed his girlfriend the bloody stool? Yes. You think so? Uh, yeah, he's that type yeah, of guy. I, the type yeah, of guy that goes to the doctor because there's blood on his toilet paper or whatever? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, but he said there's blood in the toilet. Like, he sounds like there's not a couple drops of blood. Like, there's a lot of blood. I mean, if it's yeah, shooting it, out it, of my ass like the exorcist... Then, yeah, I'll go to the hospital, like but other concert. than that, yeah. <laughs> like your anus becomes Linda Blair. The, yeah. uh, Steel, have you, you ever show, have you ever shown any girls, like, your, your stool? Like, do you ever text your stool pics to any girls? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, I don't do it regularly. It's not like a, 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 one of my MOs, so to speak. But, yeah, I've, I've absolutely, uh, they have absolutely seen a couple of the stool pics. In fact, one, and one time, I didn't send them to anybody, but one time I actually had this good shot of getting delayed from a fairly decent-looking chick, which is rare for me because most of them are decent-looking or close to it. But uh, one time we were at the bar in Mooner, because like I, I sent all my friends, obviously. They're, they're getting shit pics. Like, most of them have probably deleted my name from their contact list because <laughs> uh, I, I used to text them so many shit pics. But uh, at one time, it was like hearing from the bill. I was, I was there and I was just, you know, had a camera phone for the first time. And shit on my, you know, it was around the time that cameras were like the standard issue on a phone at that point. So I was constantly taking pictures of my stool. I get pretty good stool, like scroll tail shit. And, uh, and Mooner had a whole bunch of my shit pics in his gallery that I'd sent him just because, not that he intentionally saved them, they're just there. He probably he didn't know how to delete them. 
you know, probably not at that point. You know, this fancy dancy flip phone stuff back in 2006 was beyond everybody's comprehension. But he's sitting there talking to this chick that, like I said, she she fucking she wanted to bang me. And he's like scrolling through, and she he's he's like trying to get to something else. He wasn't trying to get to the stool picks, but he's going by the stool picks, and and she's like, "What are those?" And Mooder like points over to me and goes, "Those are steals." He sends me those all the time, <laughs> and of, of course, my shot of getting laid from her went from a hundred percent to negative fifty eight percent as she ran out the door in horror and left the bar, and I never I haven't seen her since. That's I'm surprised. You'd think she'd be impressed by the size of your turds and like the shape, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's kind of art. It really is kind of uh, you know creative. It, yeah, that, I, I was about to say, like, not everybody can make a turd like that, but whatever. Yeah. It, Fantastic. Happy horseshoe. Anyway, um, let's find out what uh, Stanley, what happened to Stanley at the hospital. Waiting room for me. I come out limping. Doctor stuck his finger in my ass. And he says, you have an internal hemorrhoid. And then as we're walking out, my girlfriend's like, didn't you eat a whole jar of beef last night? And drank the juice. And I'm like, no! Toronto, Canada. He said beets, not beef. I thought he said beef. He said beets. No, no, beets. That's what he's saying. That's why your shit is all red. And that's why you don't go to the hospital because your shit's red. Because you probably just ate something that was red. Huh. Well, yeah. Like, seriously. What what an idiot. (laughs) But I mean... But but the doctor said he had a hemorrhoid, though, right? I mean, the Happy coincidence. (laughs) <laughs> Who doesn't have an internal hemorrhoid at these days? Yeah, I was about to say, what do you do about an internal hemorrhoid? Preparation. Yeah, I don't think you do any. Well, my, my Wally has hemorrhoids. I've had them for years, and he used to swear by this thing. I don't even know who makes it, but it's shark oil. It's a, whatever product it is has shark oil in it. And he used to swear by shark oil. So he always he'd always put shark oil in his ass. And I don't know what it's supposed to do. It's got some healing properties or something. But yeah, I, the gas that like he it would make him fart. And he the the shark oil farts are something you'll know if you've ever experienced the smell and been around somebody who has shark oil in their ass and farting. It's a it's a smell you will never forget. It's it's. Are disgusting. you sure he wasn't just getting bummed by one of the Puerto Ricans from West Side Story? <laughs> well, that, that, <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. One of their, their one of the gangs was the Sharks, right? I think I might have got it. I think the Jets might have been the Puerto Ricans, but it was still is, funny. Is that moment. like some ancient Eskimo like uh, ritual or healing lotion or something? <laughs> I don't think there's it's a lot of sharks in the some, Arctic, but yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It sounds like something that an Eskimo would rub on their ass. More like How a killer, killer, killer whale, like a killer whale. Yeah, oil. killer whale blubber yeah, like, or something. Huh. Yeah, they probably do. All those, all those fucking. Those squinny eye fucks, whether they're Chinese or Japanese or, or Alaskan, they all got these like, yeah, everything deals with everything they use is comes from the ocean somehow. It's it's seal turds or fucking whale blubber or shark oil. So, have either of you guys ever had blood in your BMs? Of course, yeah. How many? How often? I've never had that. Vegetarian. I don't. Maybe. Much healthier. Yeah. Much healthier diet than I have. I, I guess you know I've I've actually uh, I've actually had blood in my ejaculate before. You ever had that? Jesus, God. oh yeah. <laughs> I've, oh, I've yeah. had that too. You know, I'm not sure. I guess it's kind of normal. 
It no. is. I no, it is normal. <laughs> well, it's not normal, but it's not abnormal. I yeah, mean, it's, it's not. It's like not why is there blood in your ejaculate? It's you know, it's just uh, it's just comes out of your balls. I mean, it's just like a normal <laughs> thing. It's it's not it's not something like oh my god, you got ball cancer. Unless is it like when you crack it. an egg and there's a little embryo in it? Yeah, sort basically, of. that's what it so, looks like. It's, yeah. it's just you fertilized know, it's, baby in your cum. No, it's like sort of yeah, like your right? body is just sort of you know getting rid of this. It's uh, like you had a miscarriage. <laughs> Basically, but yeah. Blood in your BM is a different story. Like, why did you have blood in your BM? Anal, you know, anal fissures. You know, you don't eat enough fiber. It's just a hemorrhoid. I mean, so it's just a bleeding hemorrhoid. That's why. Or yeah. did you spend one? Or did you spend an hour too long down on the Castro the night before? There's, yeah, there's a lot of reasons you could get blood in your stool. I'm not going to go through the litany of every every type of reason. Did you not cut your nail before you were finger banging your asshole? Perhaps that. Well, okay. I think sometimes it's not even a hemorrhoid, but you know, if you have a a super hard, thick, you know, we're talking about impressive turds. When you have one of those ones that's a little too impressive for you to handle, yeah, it might te- tears your sphincter a little bit. A little bigger than you're used to taking, yeah, yeah or or giving or whatever. You want to- yeah, whatever. It, or or sticking inanimate objects up there, Coke bottles and different things. I mean, there's a lot of things that could cause voice. I don't think I've ever actually had blood in my stool, like my actual shit. But I have like, I, like I, I cut myself once when there was shit or like I stood up for the toilet and then I, I just before that I had cut my fingers on and the blood dripped in to the toilet where the turds were. And I'll t- the thing about blood, Did you take though, a the picture? thing is, no, I, I don't even. This was I think pre. Uh, <laughs> Cell phone, yeah. This might have been pre- this might have been a rotary phone age back. Might have not even been cell phone time at this point. But but uh, one thing about if you drop just an, a little dab of blood in toilet water, I don't care what it's coming from, it'll spread like wildfire. Like it'll make it look a hundred times worse than it really is. I mean, like because it, it spreads throughout the entire toilet water. That's why. But That's it doesn't necessarily mean that you're crushing blood. Yeah. What's that? That's probably why this guy freaked out, though. Is you know, it's like he had a couple drops of blood. It dispersed. Looked like he was just yeah. bleeding from his anus. Yeah. So I mean, it looks like a fucking crime scene, like the opening shot of CSI. But really, it's only fucking a drop of blood. It's not even like a lot of blood. But it it just it's the way it settles in the water in the toilet water makes it look like a fucking uh, a massacre. So, Steele, what what criteria do you judge a turd on whether or not you're going to take a photo of it? Do you take a photo of all your turds or are there some that you're like, no, that's an impressive turd. I'm going to take a picture of it. No, it's gotta be, it's gotta be either really long and curly. Like I get a lot of ones that like are one piece, but they like, bend and curve and go in all different directions but they're all it's it's like you know if you pulled out like a if you go to a, a meat shop and they're making sausages and they got the whole ring of sausages there i mean i get a lot of those like that are all intact and if it's big and girthy and got good thickness or a good shape to it i'll take pictures of that obviously there's the infamous time back in eighth grade pre-cell phone pictures i would have had to take I, I i wish i would even had a polaroid handy at that point but where i shit out uh fecal matter that looked like leonard demoy um <laughs> that still was maybe the greatest shit i ever had but it was unfortunately not documented on record anywhere yeah it's, like uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's kind of like yeah. bigfoot like a sasquatch yeah it's, it's kind of become like the lie it's more of a myth now or a Loch Ness monster but i swear to god with my own two eyes i shit out uh the letter demoy it was, like spot, you made a was in my toilet yeah, yeah. So if it sticks out of the water, then it's like definitely a picture. 
Probably, yeah, because if it sticks out of the water, if it, and not only that, but sometimes you don't know exactly how long it is because you can't see the other end of it, how far in that hole, you know, the toilet, the hole in the bottom of the toilet is. So, yeah. <laughs> this might be one of the grossest shows we've ever done there, Wackerly. Uh, let's yeah, get to... Well, by the way, you guys can steal. When we used to do ship stories on From the Bill, it used to be a segment we called Fecal Matters. Like, like, you know, so if you want to steal that, I don't think we have the trademark or the copyright anymore. Feel free to use it. That's a good idea. Fecal manners. I like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's the second, uh, the second shit story. And, you know, I think we've actually had a guy call in and tell, tell us similar stories. I think this has happened to, to, to multiple dudes. It might be a bro, like, uh, initiation or something. Hey, guys. What's up? This is uh, Oreo. I'm calling from Alaska, Anchorage area. Uh, just to let you know, I'm probably your only one. Okay, see, drunk dial line. <laughs> one and only black and white listener up here in Anchorage, Alaska. Now, I got three stories, but I only got three minutes to tell you one. How many black guys do you think even live in Alaska? Kim. <laughs> and he's not even full fledged, he's only half. Well, Wackerly, you were up in Anchorage. How many black guys did you see? Very little. Maybe none. Was it an Eskimo or a black guy? Very little to none, he said. Was who yeah. an Eskimo or a black guy? This no. guy? I mean, no. I'm saying when you were walking around, could you tell if it was a black guy or an Eskimo? <laughs> yeah, you can tell the difference between a black guy and an Eskimo. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Have you ever seen an Eskimo? No, I've seen Eskimos, but they're darker skin. So I'm saying from a distance, wearing one of those, like, you know, parkas or whatever it is that they wear, no, you might they, think they it might be a black features. guy. They have Asian features. They have Asian features. Do you, yeah, do you mistake Asian very, people for black people very often? Tiger Woods. <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> That's a good point. Both. <laughs> anyway, okay, yeah. let's let's get back here. The first one. Cool with Paul. Uh, I was basically seventeen. Me and my homeboys, we were running around the neighborhood acting like idiots and you know having a good time. So we uh, we come across with uh, people that had a, in the rich neighborhood. You know, we went across there. And uh, they had a trampoline in their front yard. And we're like, huh, let's go jump on that. So, you know, we started jumping. That, that's a very trailer parky thing to do. Have a trampoline in your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I, I knew a couple girls in high school that had trampolines. Were they in the front yard? Yeah, or but the, they had them in their backyard. backyard. In the backyard. Yeah. Steel, yeah. do you remember back in uh, Michigan? I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, do you remember how great it was in the summer when you go pool hopping, trampoline? You'd like go basically jump over someone's fence, break into their garage, steal their beer, jump on their trampoline, swim in their pool, and then run, you know, when uh, they woke up and started screaming at you. Yeah, and then you go to the next pool down the yeah. road. Like you, you just keep going down the street. Yeah, we used to do that quite a few times in the summer. Yeah, like at least it, once a week, probably. It was to a kill good time. time. You do it like late, yeah, it late at night. You give to you know. I mean, there's so much beer in people's garages. I don't think you can't do that in California because you probably or Texas or you know some major cities like you probably get shot. No, you won't yeah, get shot in California. Texas. Yeah. I bet yeah, you would if California. you did in L.A. Well, you'd if you're in shot. like if you're in like a well, Latino in Compton, neighborhood, yeah, but, but they don't but, swim. The blacks yeah. don't swim usually. <laughs> they uh, but they you know I mean the the laws against shooting somebody who's breaking into your garage are are extremely strict in California. Basically, if they're breaking into your garage and stealing your shit, you're not allowed to shoot them unless you think you're about to die. You have to you have to in the eyes of the cops you have to run out the back door. So if yeah, they were breaking in there and stealing your beer, you'd be you'd have to be like, "Hey, do you need a can opener?" Right. You, know, yeah, you basically opener. have to help. Do you guys want a cart to get that out or what? 
Do you want to call yeah, you him? You have to assist the assailant. Same goes with rape in California. You have to assist the rapist. <laughs> Give him a reach around or reach down at least. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody fell off the trampoline and landed on the ground. And I laughed so hard, I shat <laughs> and dropped nuggets all over the trampoline and like a uh, little rabbit pellets. They start bouncing around like boing, boing, boing. <laughs> So uh, I've been listening since like uh, like eighty something and caught up and here to date, man. I got another story that I probably have to save for another time if you guys are interested in it. Uh, it's about uh, fishing a tampon out of a vagina. I'm gonna tell you how to do it and what you. Hey guys, what's up? This is uh, Oreo. I'm Sorry. from Alaska, Anchorage area. Uh, just let you know, line. these stories, homeboys in the rich and jumping and laughing and hurting each other <laughs> around and caught up and here to date, man. I got another story that I'll probably have to save for another time if you guys are interested in it. Uh, it's about uh, fishing a tampon out of a vagina. I'm going to tell you how to do it and what you need to do it. So if you're interested, you know, let me know what's up. Uh, like I said, uh, you guys show it fucking kicks ass. And uh, I got another call coming in. Hmm. Steele, have you ever had to do well, that? Fish actually extract a tampon out of a vagina? Well, I haven't had it. Like, I've never had one. It sounds like he had to go elbow deep to get the fucking thing. Usually, I've had to do it because it actually turns me on because that's the other thing. I watch a lot of menstrual porn. You know, <laughs> I, I, I have no problem with pulling out the dynamite stick. I mean, I'll pull out the strip, but I've never... He, he makes it sound like he, he had to like go in there like, it, like he was fucking Indiana Jones or something. But I think I saw that. Uh, I think fishing out of a vagina, tampon in a vagina, I just saw recently on an episode of Deadliest Catch. <laughs> Wait a second, Cecile, wait, just let's go back here. You're really into yeah. menstruation porn? Yeah, type in menstrual, the, the keyword again, you just type in menstrual or menstruation porn or uh, uh, tampon Were you into that porn? when you were a kid? Like, were you into, like, fucking girls on the rag? Is that, like, something you're, you're into that? Because most guys are, like, it's kind of annoying. No, it doesn't bother me at all. It actually turns me out a little bit. It means they're in heat. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we? How do you, how do you feel about the uh, when, when Aunt Flo is in town? I don't really care. I mean, the, it's usually the most annoying thing is the girl is doesn't want to have sex when she's on. Yeah, the, they're more embarrassed. You, you have to convince them, like are. you know, put down a tarp, uh, you know, get a hose in here, and just we'll we'll go at it. It'll be fine. Or maybe just go into the backyard in the trampoline and hose that down afterwards, <laughs> or the front yard. So yeah. steel, what do you trampoline maybe? Steel, what do you prefer, mm -hmm. a maxi pad or a tampon? Well, the maxi pad just goes in. Usually, it's just like a panty liner thing. Usually, I mean, if you really want, if they if they if they have heavy periods and they're fucking, you know, they're they're bleeding like the Nile River, they need to. You need to jam it up there. You need to jam a tamp up there. Or, you know, the panty, the the maxi pad will help. You know, some from the some of the exterior leakage that maybe gets around the tampon. But I mean, if they're just if a chick's just banking on the, you know, just wearing that that maxi pad. You know, and that's all they're using for coverage. They're either going to have really light periods or they're fucking, they like to play on the edge a little bit. You know, cause that's, that's a little dangerous for them. But they're usually, women are usually, they're horrified about their own periods. Like, like Lance said, they're, they're much more distant about wanting to have sex than the, the guy. I don't, I don't think a lot of guys care. And they're definitely self-conscious. Guys, like I mean, guys are horny yeah. because they're just like, all right, sweet. I don't even have to eat you out. So I can just like go right, right, and, right. and go to bed. 
Um, well, you know what's interesting about this guy's call is, do you really need help in learning how to pull out a tampon? I mean, isn't there a string for that? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When I've ever done it, I just yank the string out. You just yank it like you're, you know, like you're, uh, you know, yanking a, uh, it's basically like a candle wick. It's not that difficult to do, but hey, you know what, though? I'm open to learning new things. So if you want to call back, maybe one of these days when you're not shitting on someone's trampoline with your bros, maybe call us in and, uh, or call us back and let us know how to remove a tampon. Well, it sounds like this bra that he removed it from must have had a big, sloppy, sloppy pussy. Like, it must have been just a huge, cavernous crevice. I mean, cause, I mean it's, like I said, it sounds like it was lost in there, and he had to go in there fishing for it. I mean, that's, that's not a pussy you want to be anywhere near are, at that are, point. Are t- this might sound like a stupid question, but then again, this whole show is kind of a stupid question. Um, are tampons one size fits all? It's a good question. I have no idea. Lance, any expertise in this area? Sorry, I didn't have the question. I was trying to look up this. There's this movement where girls just, uh, they just menstruate freely. <laughs> but yeah, I can't find bleed. the right key. Free bleeding, yes. I see, I couldn't yeah, find it's the right free bleeding. I, I couldn't it's find the right keyword. Free it's bleeding. It could be vegans and shit, I think, that do that stuff. Yeah, you just wear a skirt and just let, you know, just let it flow. You let the blood like slip down your leg? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just walk out. They just they wear white pants, whatever. They're just bleeding all over the fucking place. <laughs> what was, what was your steel, question, though? Steel, though, steel. How did you know free bleeding? Like, do you jack off to that? Well, I have, I've never. I remember because I, I wrote a joke about free bleeding. Because I, for, you know, if you search the fucking internet for like topical news, like every day, like I, I'm always looking for news of the day, and there's. There was something that I ran across an article about free bleeding. No, I, I like menstrual porn, but I don't know if there's. I mean, free bleeding is separate from that, but it's like, I remember reading an article about it and thinking, oh, this is interesting. And then I wrote a joke about it, but it was, I mean, this was fucking like a year or two ago, but yeah, it's called free bleeding, but it's usually like kind of hippie naturist type people. Yes. And it's usually like super anti, like, like or super militant feminist type that yeah. think that the, cause they, they, they claim that they, they're anti tampon and they want to free bleed because the tampon is a device created by the man or the male. And they, they, they don't like the fact that, you know, that the male is trying to oppress their menstrual cycle or whatever, all this bull, new age bullshit that they come up with to justify it. I, I mean, what do they do when they go to work and they're like, you know, making a subway sandwich? Is it just like the blood just comes and stains their khakis? I, I, I don't see how else it wouldn't. I mean, well, I'm just saying it, it would make me lose my appetite. But this, I, uh, see, I'm, I'm looking this up, and this website claims that it's uh, it's not a real thing. It's kind of like a, oh, it's it's a, a Snopes thing. It's a hoax. It's a Snopes hoax. Like thing, an but, urban uh, myth type An thing. urban myth, exactly. It was a prank to, uh, I don't know, stick it to the, the tampon companies. So, so my question, Wackerly, was are tampons one size fits all? Oh, uh, I don't think so, because I think that those, uh, they have those, like, micro ones. I know they have the small ones, but, I mean, don't they expand when they get in there? Yeah, but, yeah, I they mean, absorb you know. all the blood. But... <laughs> you, you've, seen the, you've seen the television ad with the blue liquid, right? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. It's always like, blue. Why, why is the liquid never red? Like, who are they trying to fool? Yeah, I mean, they, what they should do is just, they should, should soak that fucking tampon on the commercial in cow's blood. And just, just see how it really works. The blue liquid isn't fooling anybody. They should take a slip from The Shining. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I start looking at a chick's box and she starts oozing out blue liquid. I'm going to be a little concerned. <laughs> Speaking of Spock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Last call. You know, we're running a little long, but I'm still going to do one more call. Um, this guy's uh, calling up to talk about how he lost his virginity. Hey, D and Simon. Uh, I thought I'd leave a uh, virginity. D and Simon. He's wasted. D- uh, lost story. Um, sorry, I got a little fucking club muzzled up there. Uh, but basically, I thought I'd share the story of when I lost my virginity. Um, basically, I was in high school. I was like 17, 16, something like that. And uh, I was getting all tired of masturbating and whatnot, so I thought I'd hit up the like school slag, just the, the school hole. Getting all tired of masturbating and whatnot. Thought I'd go hit up the school whore. No, I mean, you're making fun of him, but th- that is the best way to get laid when you're... Because people don't get laid in high school, and I certainly was guilty of this myself. And I think we've talked about on the show, because you're in high school and you, you think that you're, like, too good for the slag. Like, you're trying to bang, like, the hottest cheerleader in school, and you just won't you won't settle for any girl less than that. I mean, guys, the school slag is... She's like a... I mean, she's like a non-profit. She's like a good good Samaritan. I mean, she's there. Yeah, she's a, so all these guys who are just super the, average can get fucked. Yeah, she's the pillar of the community. She's a precious gem. <laughs> I mean, and none of us, the fact that she just loves yeah. cock and doesn't care what's attached to her, I mean, that's exactly. like a beautiful and, thing. She's doing a community yeah, Lance service. Right. I mean, yeah, Lance put it perfect. That's yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But most of us, like Lance said, most of us don't take advantage of that. No, we, you think you because you think that you're just so great. I mean, even if you're com- clearly a loser, uh, you yeah, think I that you're like just John like Denver. Every- <laughs> 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 I, I look like John Denver, and I thought I could pull the fucking broad that looked like uh, Suzanne Summers in school. And God forbid, I didn't get it. I fucking went through high school not getting laid. Yeah, you got to just go and find the girl who's walking through the hall that already has hickeys all over her neck. You know, her whole neck is all just hickey. Just and ask her what she's yeah. doing at lunchtime. You know, in the park, if she, you know, she right. wants to come back to your car. And usually, that girl that's the the school slut. Those hickeys are coming from home. Those are coming from her brother or a father <laughs> well, or a living her, uncle. Which means she's you know her easy, dad's not though. at school. And her dad's not going to find you guys and beat you up. Because if it's her, right. if she has a boyfriend, then you maybe have to like give him I don't know your lunch or something. Give him some smokes. But right. if it's the dad, though. I He's mean, at work. He's not going to know. Yeah. Or maybe there might be a double team a little bit later that night. It's not that big of a deal. Well, don't get ahead of yourself. Just getting laid <laughs> once is quite an accomplishment. But, I mean, that's the thing. The guys that are making fun of you, they're not getting any ass. So, I mean, who cares? Who cares what they think? Go fuck the school whore. I agree with this, dude. No, I agree. Yeah, it's probably changed. I imagine that maybe in this day and age, it's changed a little bit where they, maybe some of these youngsters, these, these little punks nowadays, maybe, maybe kind of got the memo years ago and are maybe doing that more so than maybe we did in generations before us. Oh, in yeah. our days, we, we put ourselves way up on a pedestal, which was crazy because none of us has gotten laid, but yet we still thought like, Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm better than that. The, uh, yeah, I'm only going to fuck yeah. a girl that, that my friends will think I'm the greatest because I fucked her. Because we actually yeah. give a shit what our friends think. Our same friends who aren't getting any ass. My single biggest regret the from junior high and high school was was caring what my friends thought of who I was trying to fuck. Yeah, no, same same with me. If I ever got to go, like if if they ever invited uh, you know me back for being like a, an internationally renowned podcaster to speak to a graduating class at Garber High School... They, sh- the, they should do that, by the way. That's the first thing I would say. It's like, you know, kids, 
Don't give a shit what your friends think. Fuck the fat, ugly whores, you know, of the high school. Because Fuck who cares? Anything that is willing to stick their your dick inside one of their fucking orifices. Doesn't matter. Fuck that one. Whatever one that one is, or two of those in each grade, whoever they are, fuck them. Because I, I mean, I look like fucking Dorothy Hamill, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> That's the reason I wasn't getting laid. Like, I'm going to fucking lay the fucking hottest chick in school. What was I fucking thinking? Yeah, I know. Hey, that's that's the thing. It's fallacious logic, people. Just you know, be an opportunist when it comes to getting ass. Or and basically, it was a uh, like two hundred pound autistic chick. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> Don't take like advantage a of a uh, you know mentally challenged person. <laughs> okay, right, that's right, what I'm saying. I, I, no, yeah, I kind of want to. I kind of qualify the statement. I'm saying you should definitely have sex. You know, with the school whore, but I think she should be mentally competent. She has to be be able to consent. Yeah, I disagree with both of you. <laughs> I I, I, I no. think that because there's a lot. Let's face it, there's a broad definition of learning disabilities. It can That's range true. from mongoloidism and Down syndrome to just a troubled youth that maybe, like I said, gets banged by her brother at home or something. So, yeah, I'd say if, if that fucking gem in that class that puts out is in that special ed room, you go to that special ed room and you ask her to the prom. <laughs> People need to use their judgment. The yeah, up, you should up, use okay. your judgment in that case. Talking to her, basically, we drove out in her car to go fuck. She drive? And, um, she took me out to, like, this kind of, it was like a outer road like uh near like farm fields and whatnot it was like real creepy i thought i was gonna get all killed and shit and um so scared you know we're doing get all killed and, whatnot, and, shit. and um just quiet she, she didn't turn on music and she cranks up the heat and i'm like uh can Man. you you know turn the heat off and she's like this no it's cold sexy. outside i'm like well i'm like sweating my ass off so she's fat and i'm fat so <laughs> The combined fatness and the heat, the car basically turns into the car from Titanic. It gets all misty and shit and smells like swamp ass inside. I could just imagine. And she refuses to turn music on, so it's just smelly and awkward. I, I love that this guy, you know, he's never been laid before. I assume he's 18 or 17 or whatever he said he was. And he's, mm-hmm. compl- this is exactly what we're talking about. He's complaining about the ambiance. <laughs> he like, he wants a candle, a scented candle and some, mu- and I don't know, like, I don't know what he wants to listen to Debbie Harry or something. And it's too hot. <laughs> and he, there's nothing but complaints. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you got to set the mood a little bit. I mean, here they are in a car in a field. He's with, you, you know, do they're... not need to set the mood when you're 17. Uh, you know, Why I would pro- I picture. Go ahead, D. No, I would probably be able to perform under the circumstance. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, you know, when he talks about it years later, about when he lost his virginity, now he's going to be like, yeah, I was in this hot, smelly car. There was no music with this 200-pound autistic woman. It was actually kind of a traumatic circumstance. Like, his therapist is going to hear that. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Am I wrong? But I, I'm picturing that he looks like John Goodman and she looks like Ned Beatty. I don't know what's going on in that farm field, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to hearing how this story ends. Yeah, same with me. I want to see what happens. I'm, I'm just like reeling about the uh, the swamp ass. Yeah, it's got to be god awful. Her twat, and that could be her box odor too. And this that dude, I mean, he's a big fat guy. She's fat. He's fat. Yeah, her, anyway, we, we finish. Probably... Um, she wants to stop by her house to go grab something or another, and um, she asked me to come in and uh, meet her parents. 
And I'm like, I smell like swamp ass, gross vagina and shame. I'm waiting in the car. You go get what you need and then take me home. And, uh, you know, she got her shit. Uh, went and got some food, went back to yeah, the house. Okay, there it is. And then I never talked to her again. So, all right. Which well, I hope you play my call. Bye. <laughs> That's exactly how you're, that was the blueprint for exactly what all of our listeners should be doing. <laughs> and I know one of some of the listeners are thinking, well, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a cool person and I did, you know, they're not talking about me. No, we're exactly talking about you. Yeah, all, you're listening to your freaking wrong podcast yeah. for, 10 years you that's exact your yeah your listeners aren't exactly fucking uh johnny depp if you're in that age bracket and i'm even extending it up to college just do that that's the blueprint for exactly what you should be doing well that's the thing take advantage of the situation because when you get to be our age you're gonna regret it you're going to regret it you regret know not it, doing it yeah you're gonna regret not having sex with this chick i mean you had an opportunity when you were young and and who cares what your friends think? You're getting but laid. Don't, but with the caveat, don't knock anybody up. Do not, <laughs> oh, yeah, under yeah, any yeah. circumstances, knock anyone up. And if you do, you know, go to the clinic. <laughs> Steele, when, yeah, when, when did you lose your virginity? Uh, when I, well, what do you mean by virginity? You mean full, blowing, like intercourse or blowjobs? PIV, penis and vagina. Because yeah, I got, I, I used to, my brother was at Michigan State. When I he was there for three years when I like when I was in high school he was a sophomore and I'd go down there and, and a lot of times like other like his roommates and stuff their sisters were kind of, I mean I, I used to get blowjobs and eat pussy and do some of that stuff but the first that's time I got good. actually they, no, that's yeah, really yeah, that's good. good I would have loved some of that yeah oh, it, was, it was fantastic I mean some of the girls aren't anything that I would write home about but you know but that was you know that was my junior senior year but when I actually the first broad I ever got laid. Uh, by like full on intercourse, uh, dick and cunt, uh, sex was, uh, uh, well, her name was Todd Portia. She was a stripper at Deja Vu. That was the first girl I had full out sex with. <laughs> was it after the shift, like in your car, or did you actually go back to her trailer? Uh, no, she didn't. She was one of the few. And you'd think this is weird because she was a stripper back, especially in the early 90s, and she was only like 18 or 19. And I was like 18, I think. Uh, she actually lived in a pretty nice townhouse in a kind of an upscale uh, apartment complex. With her parents? Yeah, strippers make but, money. No, but she was 18. That? Did she live with her parents? No, no. Her, she was from like some hick town somewhere. Uh, uh, I don't remember where, but she, she moved to Saginaw to go to school, as they all do. All the strippers are going to school. Uh, she moved to Saginaw to attend college, and she was going, you know, dancing, you know, at Deja Vu. What was she studying? She was one of the... Uh, what was she studying? I have no well, idea. All I know is I was giving her tuition money. That's all I remember. I don't know. I have a feeling it never went to books. I have a feeling it never went to classes. I don't know what happened to it. But strippers, she was strippers make money. It, I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, if they don't have a drug problem, the do. problem is then they have a drug problem and they spend all on drugs. But if you if they don't have a drug problem or they don't have some uh, you know a guy that is purportedly their boyfriend and he he doesn't have a job and they have to pay to support him. If they're not doing yeah. crazy shit like that, I mean, a lot of them have like nice cars, nice condo, or nice apartment, and like you said, they're going well, to school, she, paying their t- tuition. Yeah, she lives with another. She actually she lived with another 
stripper at the they both they were roommates who so lived a stripper and I think they pooled their cash to get this apartment. It was a you know, I think she made pretty decent money, but you know, you go in a strip joint and he would know this problem because he worked in one. But you go in a strip joint, you run the gamut. You got the the top draw girls that do make pretty good money. And then you got the one that's fucking working her ass off trying to get dances all night long. Who maybe walks away with 20 bucks at the end of the yeah, night. They uh, always call them. I remember uh, when I used to work in San Francisco, they called them the Marlboro girl. Cause those girls are like, as soon as they get up on stage, everyone would go outside and smoke a cigarette. Cause right. they just want to look at them. So there's always, yeah, it is true. I mean, there's like a, a gam, a gamut of women. There's like the beautiful ones that, you know, are just making a lot of money. And then there's just the ones that are willing to cut the, deals. Yeah, and sometimes it's not always the and, and and a lot of times it is the hotter obviously the ones that you know get a get a pretty decent draw. But sometimes it's not always the hottest ones that are the best draws. Sometimes it's the ones that are the dirtier. They're hot, like kind of dirty hot, and they're but they, people know that that one these these girls will give you better couch dances or lap dances and maybe do a little extra shit. So sometimes it's kind of the the maybe seven the instead of the tens ones, and nines. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, maybe the seven-ish, seven-and-a-halfs that are, you know, on a scale of one to ten that are maybe the, the biggest draws because maybe they'll do a little more and be dirtier. Because the hot chicks sometimes just lay on that laurel that they're hot. Oh, I'm hot. I'm going to get a ton of dances. Well, yeah, but these other girls do a little extra and work a little harder and they get more. But we used to call, there used to be a girl uh, here uh, that looked like, I can't think of a sitcom star. Anyway, she was fucking, her face was fucking hideous. She was ugly as shit. Mr. She had this lanky body. No, maybe more like Jerry Jewell from the Facts of Life. But <laughs> Blair's she, cousin. Uh, Blair's cousin Jerry. But she uh she was here for I mean, she worked at this club here for maybe ten years, I swear to God. And and Mooner and I, because this was back when Mooner and, and stuff was going to Moody Bar, just we'd go together a lot. But we used to call her the hardest working girl in show business because she was the hardest working girl in show business. She worked her ass off to get dances. She asked everybody numerous times during the night that was in the club. Sometimes they, she'd come up to us eight, nine, ten times sometimes asking and pleading us to dance. And she, nobody would give her a fucking dance. And I can't imagine how she ever made a fucking single dime in ten years, but she worked her ass off. She had a great work ethic. She tried. She tried her hardest, but she didn't walk away with any results. <laughs> Did you Holy ever give God. her any tips just for, you know, her effort? It, you know, there was one. I almost, I kind of felt bad for her, like, because she, like I said, she had great work ethic. She was a go-getter. She just didn't get any. You know what I mean? She, she tried, and she put the effort forth. But, you know, sometimes putting the effort forth doesn't necessarily mean you're good at what you do or that you're selling what people want to be sold. She just couldn't get the job done. She couldn't finish the deal. So I mean, it makes I, you I think like know, if I, she were to try and go like manage a department store, you know, she would be like the top top store manager, head manager within you know a couple of years, where she's just wasting her time at the data booth. Yes, exactly. She didn't you're gonna work that hard. Nick. Yeah, yeah. There's places where you get rewarded for that, but not in the nudie bar. It's not about hard work, unless your hard work is extracurricular activity on the couches. But the problem with her, she never got an opportunity to give extracurricular on the couches because nobody ever took her back to the couches. Yeah, she never got up to bat. There was a girl yeah. that uh, I think maybe she was hot back in like 1980 when she started stripping, but in like 2005, she was not attractive at all. And uh, right. she was actually quite hideous. And she'd worked at the club for so long that... Uh, I don't know. I think they felt bad. Like they, they didn't want to fire her. So they would just let her uh -huh. work and she'd make no money ever. And never tip me. Right. But dudes would pay her 
to leave their table because she was so <laughs> annoying. Like she would sit down, she would smoke her menthol cigarettes and just like start right. asking him questions. Like, Where are you from? What kind of porn do you like? And would sit right. there, you know, asking him for a lap dance. And finally, they'd be like, if, if we give you 20 bucks, would you just leave? And she would be like, yeah. And so she would make like, you know, a couple hundred bucks a night. Oh, that's great. Yeah. See, this girl didn't even get the leave money. She just was told no. And went on to the next guy asking the same shit, being told no. She didn't get the memo that, hey, maybe I can fucking solicit and fucking get out of here money from these people. Nobody even gave her that much. She was that much of a pathetic character. Like, such a, just a, a, just a, a, a very sad, sad story. Yeah, tragic I don't know where she is these days. Yeah, very much so. But the thing is, though, that's the type of girl back in high school that you should be banging. You know, don't try to go for the oh. cheerleader. Go for that girl who's right. probably slightly retarded, but hot yeah, enough. Yeah, this girl you know, wasn't real bright. I know that. It. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like that's you know, different yeah, than this, being retarded. Yeah, yeah. Not, bright maybe, is, not bright is great. That's right in your wheelhouse, people. It's just yeah, the this, thing this is though. Maybe the thing is, and I just want to get this point across: is like, guys, don't put your dick on a pedestal. It doesn't belong there. Nobody wants to see it. No, nobody wants to see it, really. Anyway, we, we, we got to get going here. Uh, people, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, do a search for Sick and Wrong. Subscribe, listen, we appreciate it. Uh, Sick and Wrong Tees, new tees coming soon to the Sick and Wrong store. If you wear a small or a medium, we do have uh, those shirts in stock right now. So you can go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store and order a t-shirt today. Or you could wait and be patient for once. And get the new tea in about a couple weeks. Uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I'm going to have to dedicate this to a comedic legend who uh, committed suicide this past week. Robin Williams at age 63, which is uh, quite a bummer. I was, a, I was a pretty big fan of Robin Williams. And you, know, and you see all this discourse about his death. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. saying it's a tragedy or he's a selfish man. But, you know, honestly, right. I, I respect his choice to end his life. I think everybody should be able to make that choice. If you want to snuff it, Absolutely. go right ahead. You know, and probably- if I can say this about Robin Williams, I just hope that with Robin Williams' death that I see as, as many tweets upon Anson Williams' death when he, he meets his demise. <laughs> are they related? Is he alive? First of all, are they related? No. They look kind of alike. There's a million Williams. No idea, but it's an obscure 1970s sitcom, secondary or third uh, <laughs> area to tertiary character from. Wait a minute! Like, I'm that, confusing. That Happy days, was that right? Potsy or no, is that Potsy. It's Potsy. Oh, because Malf kind of looks like Robin Williams, but I don't remember what his name was. Donnie yeah, well, Most. Ralph Melf was supposed to be the comedian, you know. Donnie <laughs> yeah. Most. Yeah. I, I remember that. Most of your listeners probably don't even get the reference of that. No, I, I don't think like, any of them do. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just kind of like, there they go again. Old men talking about obscure <laughs> eight, 1980s sitcom uh, actors. Some of the best comedy obscure shit that people just don't. Nobody gets but maybe three people. Yeah, but you know what? The Robin Williams... Uh, was Mork in Happy Days. And wasn't Mork a spinoff from Happy Days? Yes. Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, he's, he's yeah. going to be someone I'm going to miss. Uh, like, he was a comedian of our generation. You know, I mean, like, like you know, the, the, all the, like, Rodney Dangerfield, I appreciated him, and it sucked when he died, but, you know, it's not really our generation. Red Fox, and, you know, I was actually really bummed about that one, but also not our yeah, generation. Red Fox. Whereas Robin Williams, like, we grew up with that guy. What's your favorite Robin Williams movie? 
I was, I was forgetting I, all the ones that he did. I, I keep remembering, like, oh, yeah, he was in that. I forgot. The Fisher King. I remember that? Yeah, I remember that was all right. I, see, I think he was much better in the dark roles, like in movies, than he was in the comedic roles. I, I, I don't like. I don't like Mrs. Delphi. Like a lot of the stuff he's known for, most like I, I wasn't a big fan of some of his movies comedically. But it's really like he played like a dark guy, like a dark character or something. I, I thought he was much better in those roles, actually. What about a gay? What, what, what movie what was that? he gay in? This is the one oh, I forgot. I forgot that he was cage. in the birdcage, and he's like the main oh, character. Oh, shit. He was in birdcage. I forgot about that. He's pretty damn good. But uh, Good Morning Vietnam was great. Yeah. yeah I probably will watch, rewatch that one maybe this weekend. Yeah, no, I, re- I rewatched uh, The Fisher King this week. That's a great movie, Jeff Bridges. And he played like a you know mentally deranged individual in that. One, but some of the other ones, like One Hour Photo... And uh, what's what that? Photos, did you? World's Insomnia. greatest dad. You know, I, I think though, uh, you know, world's greatest dad. His son died from uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. But uh, but Robin Williams just hung himself. I don't think he was jacking it. Yeah, he didn't go David Carradine style, from what I understand. There was no, there's no. Uh, yeah. You know. But you know what though? I mean, do you think the uh, the internet would be all that upset if like Dane Cook died? You know by committing suicide i wouldn't be i would be jumping for joy for <laughs> daniel tosh <laughs> yeah or the gallagher yeah if gallagher actually offed himself because gallagher's a you know comedian who's been around for several generations or several well, uh, decades i just wonder if people would care let's that's a broad definition of comedian he's a, he's a fucking prop comic i don't consider them comedians but yeah how many people uh, do you think would will be tweeting rest in peace if carrot top offed himself uh, uh not like I've, I've never seen anything since Facebook or social networking. Like, and there's been a lot of celebrity deaths over since social networking came about six or seven years ago. I've never seen this many tweets and shit about a celebrity death as I have around Williams. I mean, that's still going on today. My newsfeed was peppered with them. Well, oh, I do. So. I, even up until today, I mean, still, even all the news programs, and and the newspapers still have like three articles in it. About uh, yeah. depression now. In, it's depression I'm a little, now. I'm a, I've had a little bit too much of it, to be honest. I'm not to be honest here. Well, this all, was, this all, like now, depression is like a, you know, it's almost like uh, they're trying to like sanctify. Like, if you have depression, you know, you're a great person, and uh, you know, if somebody has su- suicidal, that's just because they're too sensitive, they're too good. And ever, oh, if you have any friends that are suicidal and depressed, you got to reach out to them. Like well, well, they, they keep yeah, saying maybe. it's like this person's wrestling with their inner demons. No, no, you know it's like it's a struggle of an artist. It's like you know what Who the guy could the guy could have paid for the most expensive psychiatrist and therapist. And the, he could have taken a vacation to any place on earth. He could have, you know, done anything he wanted, and he killed himself. Yeah, yeah. but the that thing is, though, I, I respect his decision. And I respect Robin uh, Williams as an artist. And, and I'm, I'm going to miss him for one. So I want to end the show here with a bit he did uh, at the Met back in the 80s. I think this was off his Throbbing Python of Love album, which is a pretty uh, seminal Robin Williams album. It said the whole bit he did about alcohol and weed. Um, I'm sure once you listen to it, you'll remember. Anyway, we're going to have the show with uh, Robin Williams, and I will tip my glass to him. All right, I'll do that. You know, it's part of the whole sick and wrong curse. We put out a show the next day, Robin Williams dies. Yeah, you know, that happens to us all the time. 
Anyway, he will be missed. Steel, thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's always good to hey, have no you problem, on. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to have you on over the holidays. Um, we're going to have to have you on if we have Martin on, because you have to, like, temper him, you know. You yeah, can't could, handle them on our own. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could handle It's like Martin and, and Dougie. I, I don't know if I could handle them on, not gonna on have our own. <laughs> you don't want to just have <laughs> Dougie? So, no. <laughs> Dougie yeah, definitely, definitely needs handlers. You can't. Uh, he's a handful. Have you seen Dougie recently, Steel? Uh, I just saw him the other night across the street. I didn't talk to him or see him, but I saw him from, from a distance from yonder. Uh, while we were sitting in a bar, we looked across the street, and somebody said, there's Dougie. We looked across, go, yep, that's Dougie, and then went back to our conversation. Was it, was D, it you, you said you saw him, and you bought him a drink the last time you were in uh, Bay City or Essexville, and he took the drink and said hi, but then you, you thought that he didn't really know who you were. No, he he didn't. <laughs> we, we we were at some bar. It was the when uh, Kessler died. We were back in Bay City for the funeral. Oh, okay. We were getting drunk, and uh, I saw Dougie. Like, he was barbacking at this bar. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I went up to him. I was like, Dougie, we got to buy you a shot. And we did a shot, and I was, like, talking to him for about, like, five minutes. And then he was like, who are you? <laughs> and he had no idea. He didn't even know who Kessler was. And I was like, and I mentioned Steele, and he, he remembered you. But he, I was like, ah, whatever. He just got a free shot. Yeah, he doesn't get well, Yeah, what is the memory span of a retarded guy? Five minutes. Well, I think it's probably well, probably about the same as like a Pekingese, like or a Shizu. Uh, <laughs> well, there's long term and short term and memory banks. Anyway, Steel, we're yeah. gonna have you back on the show. Um, definitely, uh, definitely soon. It's always good to have you on. And uh, thank you, Catherine Duff, for doing an interview. People will be back next week with episode 446. Till then, take a sleazy. Good night, y'all. Damn. Little sip of Perrier here. I had to stop drinking alcohol because I used to wake up nude and hood in my car with my keys in my ass. <laughs> Not a good thing. Hi, right, can I help you? No, thanks. It's just flooded. I'll be okay. <laughs> beautiful, baby. Beautiful, yeah. Because you're sucked into drinking beer by believing it's a healthy thing. All these beer commercials usually show big men, manly men doing manly things. You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. <laughs> Why not have a realistic beer commercial? What's the realistic thing about beer where you go, it's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. <laughs> it's a scary thing because you realize the first purpose of alcohol is to make English your second goddamn language. <laughs> Eventually, you may be quite fluent. You may be a Nobel Prize physicist. After my, maybe nine, ten Heinekens, you're going, <laughs> You're speaking fluent drunkenese, bravo. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got a couple more beers, you've got a friend in a headlock going, I love you, little fucker, I love you. <laughs> That's the kind of love I have for you, baby, goddammit. Ah, and you work your way beyond beer. You go beyond beer, you start into wine. For the very elegant people, people, a lot of people who are very elegant are in Montauk going, damn it, I wish I could have been there, but no, I'm not. Some people who have, you know, I don't know whether they have the red wine with the fish or the chicken. What's the matter, asshole? They're dead. The chicken's not going to reach up from the plate and go, the red wine. <laughs> it's over with. No, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about pui or pussy fussy. Uh-uh. I'm talking about mad dog 2020. Mm. You know, the very elegant wine, the type of wine with a lovely screw top, a bottle of which after you can actually see vapor trails as people pass you. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> well, I'm gone too far, and you must pay your dues. 
This is why I had to give up alcohol, because you have to pay the next day. Pray, dear Lord, please don't hurt me now. <laughs> there you are lying in bed, and you feel like the scene from the movie The Fly going, Help me! Help me! The entire room is spinning like a roulette wheel. Place your bets. Place your bets. <laughs> and there's the old toilet in the corner going, Talk to me. <laughs> And you try and walk slowly, but you feel like the elephant man in a car wash. <laughs> There's things in front of you like the stuff that scares the water off cars. You can't do it. Even your dog's looking at you like, you wouldn't believe the shit you said to me last night. <laughs> I had to back out of the room. I was that scared. You promised me an evening with Lassie, you lying bastard. <laughs> yes, you've got an alcoholic problem. You do, and the worst part is there are times when you drink so much you don't remember what you've done the night before. And you get those little phone calls where people let you know. <laughs> what? Yeah? Really? I took a dump in your tuba. <laughs> oh my God, he said fit in with the band. I'm sorry. Oh God, it's over. Oh, don't you see? It's all over. God damn it. And then the next thing you know, there you are at Betty Ford Hospital going, I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm a reformed alcoholic. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> ah, I am fine. No, you have that double vodka. I'll be over in the corner kicking the cat. <laughs> I realized when I became a reformed alcoholic, I said, hey, I'm the same asshole. I just have fewer dents in my car. And then there are your friends who smoke marijuana going, John, man, alcohol's a crutch. <laughs> really? Really, Captain Herbal Life? <laughs> really? God, you just macrameed your ass into the couch and you're giving me shit? <laughs> Remember when you get so stoned you can actually see a fly in space going, When you get stoned, your discussion goes out the window. You could be eating kitty litter going, mm, this is crunchy, man. <laughs> and the horrible thing is people who get stoned try and get their animals stoned to make them feel better. <laughs> it's not bad enough that you proved that Darwin was wrong. You're going to take the whole family with you. There's your dog going, please don't do this to me. I've just learned to lick my own genitals. Leave me alone. Don't do this to me. Did you end up uh, picking up uh, an Alice Cooper groupie? Uh, no, I I was uh, what did it? No, we didn't wind up picking up any. It was a pretty fucking calm night, and and if I would have been drunker, I mean, like I said, the crowd was really, really trailer. I mean, beyond. <laughs> so the, and I love trailer park bras. I've been in every trailer park in this town, and and I've licked box and fucking finger banged and fucking uh, done some just unspeakable things to some awful, awful looking women that are you know <laughs> spent their whole lives living in trailer parks and smell like fucking antique ashtrays with wet fucking Virginia Slims in them. I mean, that's how their pussy smells. And uh, I've been in a, a lot of an array of those. And I was kind of appalled by this by the crowd at this God. thing. There wasn't a there wasn't a single thing there that I think I would have banged. I would have banged Alice Cooper before I would have banged any of these people. <laughs> well I, the thing is you want to make sure they actually have a trailer. You don't want to bring some girl home and then she doesn't leave you the dorm room. Yeah, that's <laughs> you want to make sure she has a trailer to go back to. I, I I I second that motion, Lance. That's why I try ninety five percent of the time. Ninety five percent of the time to me is like three times a year. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I'm not fucking getting laid that much. But when I do get laid, 
about 95% of the time I try to work it out and finagle it so we go to her place or yeah. just into her car and then get it done and then I go home. Because, yeah, I don't want them coming up to the dorm room. <laughs> so what, what happens when you get to their place? Like, do you just kind of just go there, have really disappointing sex, and you're just like, bye, I got to... Like, how does it end? Do you just leave? Is it awkward? It ends usually pretty awkwardly. Like, usually, like I said, sometimes my dick's fucking only half hard. And I'm trying to, you know, if you don't get a proper, uh, like, firmness in your erection and you try jamming it in some of their holes, like, you're just sticking, you're picking an orifice and trying to jam it in there. If you're not at least, like, to a, at least 50% or obviously ideally above that. But if you're only like bordering around 40%, you're just jamming this fucking wet noodle in any hole you can find. I mean, it's, it's, it's disappointing for her and you fucking, and I, I'll get, I'll still feel good. It'll still feel good on the tip of my wiener. So like, I'll like be, but it'll, it won't, be any no satisfaction for her but then i'll wind up fucking come will come oozing out of it it's only 20 percent hard and i'll be done it's a, it's a very awkward disappointing uh, girls actually wind up looking at me in astonishment like did this really wow. just happen all and yeah it's very i usually hang my head in shame try to avoid eye contact yeah i i could imagine you know i was just thinking that would be a uh could be a, a successful um genre of porn you know like the disappointed woman porn where it's like the guy's only half hard. It's just a really awkward thing at the end. Both both parties are dissatisfied. I think it would go over like, well, like probably a fucking uh, tampon and a V8 juice, I think is how well that would go over. <laughs> but no, that would be fantastic. If you get that genre up and running, you let me know. I'm your man. Just disappointment I'm not porn. only could star, but I know how to direct it. I've been in that situation enough to know the reality of it and well, the that's, embarrassment. That's, and that's the thing. It's like you, you watch a lot of the you know current porn, and it's just like these guys have these big monster cocks. They're rock hard, and they like you know give the girl multiple orgasms. It's like why not be a little more realistic? It's just like you know a half hard four inch penis. Both parties are kind of disappointed. You're tired. Yeah, I mean, you don't the, really want to have sex with her. You're not even that attracted to her. You're just wasted when you went home to her, to her place. No, right? I know. In fact, the one trailer broad, uh, this was probably, uh, I just actually wrote a joke about it not too long ago, but I, this was probably six months ago, maybe. It was in a trailer park, Broadway Trailer Park, which is one of the worst trailer parks in town. It's fantastic in my estimation, but it's it's got awful. But I, I fucking had the same situation. I'm fucking I'm finger banging my asshole, rubbing my ball, trying to get that, you know, trying to get that fucking medication to kick in. Yeah, I know. It I know. fucking <laughs> kicks in only half-assed. And I fucking, I do this thing. I half lip. I'm trying to jam in a hole. It fucking winds up fucking coming all over the place before it's, you know, before it's ever even to a, a, a erection to the point where I should be fucking anything. <laughs> and I wound up the the load wound up oozing on her food stamp card <laughs> and uh, which was sitting side to side of bed the EBT card whatever they call it now it's, but it's a food stamp card it's like it's like an ATM card it, it's not the old stamps but it's like an ATM yeah and it was right next to a fish tank she had like uh, 20, 10 dead fish floating in there and fish shit it hasn't been changed or filtered out in probably 8 months it's just horrible and she's you know kicks me out of you know she, she's all disappointed and yelling she's and like, basically leave, just get there. out of here get yeah, out of the trailer yeah, yeah yeah, as if, I, as if I was going to stay. Like, I mean, she didn't really have to tell me. I wasn't, even if I had good sex with her, her place smelled like cat shit. I wasn't about to stick around. I'm getting out of there, you know? It's like leaving the scene of the crime at that point. 
So anyway, but she's shoving me out the door, leaving. And as I left, I pulled into Taco Bell, got myself a crunch wrap, a couple of bean burritos. <laughs> and I started chuckling to myself to the fact that when she goes to use that fucking food stamp card tomorrow at the fucking liquor store, my spunk is all over it. So, uh, See, if you think about it, it for the disappointing porn genre, that's like a whole scene right there. That's, that's yeah, perfect. It, and the best part is because I'm so used to it and content at this point, I don't even give a fuck you know, who's satisfied, who's not, me or anybody. So, like, I get home and I have this really, and this is the strangest thing, like an odd sense of accomplishment. Like, <laughs> I accomplished something good tonight. I did something. Sure, I didn't satisfy a broad. Sure, she's very disappointed sexually and frustrated at, at even having met me and brought me home. But I spunked on her fucking food stand card, and it doesn't get any funnier than that. <laughs> with poor sex comes great responsibility. I, I can see that sense Absolutely. of accompli accomplishment there, Steele. 